0: Welcome to the Min Max show. I'm Ben Hansen joined by Cyril Vasquez. Hello. Wow. Hey, he's back. Hey, let's talk all about it. Jeff Marquiafava.
1: I'm s- was never gone. So. That's
0: true. Uh hey, we have a lot to cover on this week's episode of the Min Max show. Uh we're talking about Last of Us Part 2. Did you guys hear the big news about Pax East? No, what's going on? Jeff, don't spit your drink out. Uh Sony canceled their appearance at all of PAX. so all, all of the it? Sony demos are just not happening. They're not,
2: so they're not. They're, they're not
0: showing Last of Us Part Two. They had the Final Fantasy VII demo. I guess it's all at the window because the coronavirus. Hmm. Isn't that bold? So many people were going and excited to play that Last of Us Part Two demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nothing. They made a big deal about that, didn't they? I also don't know that there are that many reported cases in the U.S. yet, right?
0: Uh, it's it's changing every day, is what they said in their mm. official statement and stuff. But anyways, we're here to help alleviate that by unpacking everything that we know about The Last of Us Part Two, and then also speculating on what we think will be happening in the plot
1: of The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, you can hold a PS4 controller in your hand and just mm-hmm. press buttons while we talk, and yeah, that's,
2: that's right. pretty close. And Coronavirus it- confirmed as the disease that caused all of the apocalypse. <laughs> it's very that's confusing.
0: Right, right. Also, do you remember... The last release date for Last of Us Part 2 was February 21st. So, we were, we're basically right on the money. This should have been when we were playing it in yeah. this era. So, let's dive in. Um and then we'll talk a little bit about Escape from Tarkov. Jeff Markievafa, you're an expert at this point? Uh, absolutely. Fantastic. Some indie games you've been playing on Game Pass. Maybe a little Bleeding Edge in there. And then back half of the show, we have some wonderful comments and questions and words of wisdom that people sent in to the Min box, Ooh. as it's so proudly now, named now on Patreon so please check that out um Serial um let's see would you miss we recorded the final discussion for the deepest dive mm-hmm. how angry are you scale of 1 out of 10 that we recorded that without you
2: well I haven't finished it so okay. not not mm. super angry at this point but uh I, I would have liked there are a couple things I would have liked to talk about uh that maybe I shouldn't spoil since this is not a place where we spoil things that's right um but I'm unless I'm, it's
0: Last of Us Part One, which, by the way, we probably will spoil in this yeah. discussion. As, as, as it's always
2: been called, right? The Last <laughs> of Us Part right. One. That's right. Um, but uh, I've, I still have been enjoying that game. I'm still wrapping up some of the side quests at yeah. the end.
0: I uh-huh. hope that there will be a place for you to talk about these things, surreal, without teasing too much yeah. in the future. It uh, won't be at Min Max, but <laughs> <that's> <laughs> I right. hope we, we, we hope you find a place. I will talk so about
2: it outside on my own.
0: Go to your to buddy me. IGN. <laughs> Get out of right. here. Uh, Let's see, Uh, we're missing Kyle. He is traveling, so he's out. So it's just the the love between the three of us. Um, Other things, oh, we hung up uh, for the video viewers on YouTube. There's a Pikachu skateboard that our friends at the Pokemon Company sent our way. And uh, it's nice that they decorated our set for us. We appreciate it. That's right. Everybody know it's available on the uh, PokemonCenter.com. Launch your own quick attack with this (laughs) skateboard. (laughs) That's right. I do think it looks sweet, though. Um, Other things for setting the table here is... This is not the next official MinMax community meetup, but at VGMCon in Minneapolis. If you're in Minnesota or in the Twin Cities, VGMCon is going to be uh, the weekend of March 6th. And on Saturday, March 7th at 9 p.m., MinMax will have a panel. We'll be doing game trivia with a bunch of folks there. So, VGM Con is like, it used to be called Gamers Rhapsody. It's all about celebrating video game music. Okay. Do I have to know about video game music in order to go there? I don't think they quiz you at the door.
1: I think you, you sure? should be fine. Because because you're the bathroom. guy? So, if you oh. want to go pee. Okay. So, as long as I don't
2: pee. That's right. Which yeah. I'm
1: super good at.
2: They'll <laughs> <laughs> say, but up, but up, and then you have to finish okay. whatever song they are saying. Uh, P
0: flat. Anyways, know. you have to pee uh, on the right. Key? That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, great uh, tangent. So VGM Con, please come on down. Uh, there is uh, a pass. It's not free. You can look it up. There's like a day ticket that's a little bit cheaper. So you can check that out. But VGM Con in Minneapolis, come play some game trivia with us. And if you know our past, you probably have a good idea of what type of game trivia might be coming. But... Also, uh, there'll be some new twists and favorites in there, and we're going to try and record it and release that audio for uh, Patreon supporters as well. So please keep that in mind. Also, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're like, why aren't they talking about Animal Crossing? There's an intended direct, but by the time we're recording this, uh, we couldn't slot it in. So we will have on the YouTube channel, youtube.com minmaxshow. Please support it and subscribe to it however you want, but I'll have uh, my live reactions. On Thursday morning, I'll sit down here in a cold, dark basement and talk about how cute Isabel a is and reaction all that going to be, <laughs> That's right. Um, Serial Vasquez. That's me. Uh, you just got back from the trip of a lifetime.
2: Yes. Okay. But where, one, where all did you go? My one trip. Uh, <laughs> I went to, well, it was a weird w- scheduling thing because I, initially I uh, booked a trip to Japan last year. Uh, back in July, uh, so you can make the timeline of when that, when I would have wanted to have that trip go, uh, and, uh, the situation that led around it, but, uh, then I realized, okay, my cousin has a wedding, so I have to, that is, like, the week before that, so I basically went from here to Mexico to Chicago for a day and to Japan, and then wow. back here.
0: And then in Japan it was Tokyo, Osaka.
2: Uh, Tokyo, Osaka, Nagoya, Shizuka, Himeji. Uh, what? And a quick stop in Kyoto and then back to Tokyo. Okay, rank the Japanese cities. Let's go. Uh, I think Osaka might be my number one.
0: Osaka number one? Really? I think it's
2: mostly on this trip specifically because I think we only spent like two days in Tokyo. Uh, and B, I've already been to Tokyo a few times, so mm-hmm. there isn't as much, like... Oh, I, I already know how this city is, but, like, the like the Dotonbori Street in, in Osaka, I think, was particularly like... That's, just, like, a like, shopping thing? R- right. That's, like, this weird, like, things with all, this r- all these restaurants with a bunch of, like, really wacky exteriors. Like, one of them has a giant crab, giant crab outside crab. that Oh, that, oh, that oh okay, the outside one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and then one of them just has, like, this weird face of a guy who's just kind of, like, uh, but he's, like, a chef or something? I don't know. Um, So that, that place is really fun. It has its own kind of, like... Not quite Akihabara, but it's like an anime kind of street. Yeah. Um. And then I think then probably Tokyo uh, and then Shizuka, which is like a, sort of a more rural area. It's sort of – it's a little closer to Minneapolis uh, than like if, – if, if Tokyo and Osaka are like let's say New York and San Francisco, I think this is a little closer to Minneapolis where there's mm-hmm. more – there's a lot of rural areas, but there is also like a concentration of, of like people in the center. Uh, and that was really fun. Um, cause it had, we stayed in like this, this Airbnb that had like this really scenic mountain view that was really nice to see. Ooh, it was nice. like in the early morning, you could see like, here's this giant mountain. Here's like the, the bed of fog kind of rolling through it, which is really, uh, which that's is really amazing. awesome. Uh, then I, Kyoto, we didn't stop in too quickly, so I can't really rank. I like not applicable, applicable cause all I did was go to the Inari shrine, which, which is, is just right outside of like the Inari station. So we ch- kind of just stopped there, did a quick thing and then. Did you uh,
0: hike around that area much then, or just go up to the shrine? Hike, yeah, hike we down? we
2: hiked basically up to the top of the Inari Shrine, but yeah. we didn't spend too much time in Kyoto. Otherwise. And that shrine is
0: notable because video game history. I That's uh, the the gates, the orange gates. That oh. was the inspiration for Star Fox for flying through the gates. Oh, really? And Miyamoto I did, I did was walking know. that and thought, "Oh, it'd be fun to fly one of those." Yeah, there's a R guy wings, yelling
2: but... at everyone to use the boost to get through. Also, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was in Japanese, so it didn't yeah. sound. So as good. so I didn't know he what he was talking about. He didn't swing by uh, Nintendo's headquarters or anything. And no,
2: because uh, I mean, like I said, I, it was it was basically on our way, right? Sure. So we didn't have time to do anything, but but basically scale that mountain and then come back down. So. Yeah, didn't really have
0: sweet. time to
1: do anything but scale the mountain scale the little yeah, mountain wow. uh,
0: you had uh, I think it was a tweet where you said something about it. it's this beautiful Japanese landscape and you said this is a nice place for me to look at my phone <laughs> and it chilled me to my core <laughs> did you feel uh, enlightened from this trip do you feel like it did the soul good or yeah, were you just going to beautiful uh, places and looking at your phone
2: it was well it was really well for one that was obviously jokes I didn't I, I basically only looked at Twitter like once a day which was nice in, in my okay. hotel room um and so, like, I mean, also, I guess, on the trains and whatever, because you know, story's falling uh, apart. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really nice to get out and just like kind of have it. Th- because most of the time when we when I went to Japan, it was for a work trip, so it was yeah. usually like a hey, well, we're here, so but here are some nice things to look at on the way, right? Like like if you want to do the touristy stuff, you're gonna have to squeeze it in between appointments, basically, mm-hmm. right? So this was just like you know a, a week and a half basically of just. Doing whatever we wanted in these cities, which is really nice to see, because I I, I like just walking around and seeing, you know, not just like the touristy areas, but also like where people live. You know, like going to neighborhoods yeah. and stuff, and that was really fun. Um, but yeah, it, it it was a nice time to kind of reflect uh, and think about kind of what uh, I want to do next and things like that. And and Did you to what any grand
0: conclusions you want to share?
2: Mount Fuji is really big. It's a big mountain. <laughs>
0: and that's what you want to do next is scale <laughs> right. Mount Fuji? That's right.
2: <laughs> My God.
0: Uh I heard from a a little bird that you got lunch with Mark McDonald, friend of the show from eight four. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. We went and he took me to I guess we were gonna go to a sushi place, but that sushi place was close. So we went to a Brazilian place, which I actually really liked because they, they basically have these giant like uh sausage subs basically that uh were really good and uh there was like a really nice salad that, that are supposed to, that that was supposed to accentuate those sandwiches really well. So nice um, it was it was fun.
0: They're always so inviting. Mark McDonald's is the nicest guy. Yeah. I think he's I think he's secretly a
2: little homesick, so if any of Americans
0: are coming mm-hmm. over to Japan, it's like let's get on over here, this. let's say hi. That's nice. Any insight from him? Any wise words you want to share from him?
2: Uh you should get the salad at that Brazilian get the salad place. That place. Yeah. Great. Um what are these? These are gifts? Uh yeah, those are gotcha stuff.
0: Oh gotcha, gotcha things. I
2: actually don't remember what is in that one. So, that so these totally. aren't
0: related for us in particular. It's just random well, stuff. I, I well, basically, I go free. in,
2: I buy the gotcha first and then assign it to people. Okay. So, I think, uh, Jeff, um, I think yours is Star Wars related. Yeah. I'm not sure what yours is. Is
0: this the announcer from Dragon Ball or just some big squatty guy? Yeah.
2: This looks, so, looks like some a guy with a pompadour. Yeah.
0: Oh, he's fun. Oh, thanks, Surreal. Wow. This really it's speaks nice to chain. me. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm glad it. I'm glad it speaks to you. Yeah, we'll put it on the set. I got an evil R two D two. Fantastic! <laughs>
2: like the like the which is how I've always described it yeah. as an evil R two D two. Makes sense.
0: <laughs> Love it. Thank hey, thanks, you, man. Uh, hey, you know what that reminds me of? The Last of Us Part Two. That's right. That's right. right. Japan's number one game. <laughs> That's Last right. of Us Part Two. Uh, the game that was delayed. Oh, if you...
1: oh my God! He it goes, drives he, around. He actually.
0: That is fun. Just like in the movie. I'll be damned. Anyways, Last of Us Part Two, uh, releasing May 29th, 2020. I went back, watched every video they've released, every panel, read a ton of interviews, just absorbed everything about Last of Us Part Two, and I really had a moment of like, oh yeah, I am looking forward to this a lot. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, I I feel like, I know it's going to be an emotional investment, and I'm too much of a little baby, and I just want my uh, baby games, and so I was like, ah, I'll play it, I'm looking forward to like the production, but then going through it and just like, Soaking in that world a little bit more, watching all the videos, reading all the interviews, like you know what, I think
2: this is going to be a hell of an experience. You know what, yeah. I
0: think the internet might be right by and large. Um, how are you guys doing hype levels wise for Last of Us Part Two? I,
2: I do want to play it. I think it's always I, I've you know se- said my piece about Naughty Dog games before, but I think I, I usually do end up liking them a lot. Uh, it's just what's your piece? Uh, mostly that I, I think they're kind of as a whole overrated, but uh, but I, hey, I realize that it's because like. I don't think they're like tens. Like I don't think they're usually like wow these masterpieces of, of like gaming and storytelling or whatever. But I usually like when when one of them comes out, I like really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that one in this in that sense that it's like oh yeah those games are are going to be good. Like that the Last of Us Part Two is probably going to make me cry. Maybe like there's a good chance that it will. Yeah. Um, and like the, the the writing and stuff that they do in those cutscenes is like top notch. I guess they haven't like, and they talk a little bit about how they're gonna making they're gonna make the stealth parts of it a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more elaborate. Um, but I guess like different from,
0: skill trees and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah,
2: but like for me, the the gameplay in those games has always been the thing that I kind of just get through. Uh, so I'm curious to see if they can actually make like that system compelling enough to me as someone who's usually not interested in playing on like Naughty Dog games. Like, yeah. It's interesting that some of their messaging
0: is, oh, Ellie's more nimble this time around, mm-hmm. can climb more, stuff like that. You can go prone, which changes more than you'd think as they, as yeah. they communicate. Well, especially
2: right? it's because of like, they're trying to do, they're trying to lean more in into stealth and less, less, uh, in the like, well, from what we've seen, less about, you know, the monsters and clickers and stuff like that, and more about like most of what we've seen has been against other people. Like, the.
0: We should be fair for the first one. Like, they focused on the people more than you remember that the marketing campaign. Yeah. They would save it. It was the very beginning and then the very ending where they kind of hit uh, the infected a little bit more and stuff. But yeah. man, I forgot about that. They revealed a while ago, and like Polygon had an article about it, that every enemy in that game has a name. Remember that weird thing? And then beyond that, that every enemy has a heartbeat including, like, Ellie has a heartbeat, which affects the way she breathes. So if she's running for a while, she'll breathe differently. If you're attacking enemies, not only will they shout out each other's names, which is very fun and very specific, but then also, like, their breathing patterns will change based on their heart rate. It is... I cannot wait to see how this thing runs on a base PS4. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to be on top mm-hmm. of it, but the amount of stuff under the hood that's happening in of Us Part 2, it's really going to be pushing that system.
1: But And, I mean, that's exactly what they did with the PS3, too, right? With the first game. Like, yeah. they managed to figure out how to squeeze every drop of power out of those systems
0: did you ever watch the area 5 documentary called grounded about Mm -hmm. the making of the last of us on that particular note it's really fascinating which is a system i've never seen despite visiting so many studios but they showed like uh on this guy's computer like okay we have last of us booted up here and we can actually see like what's draining the memory, like, what Mm. is taking up the resources here and what we have to trim back on. It's just a crazy, like, graph just showing, like, how peaked everything was Mm -hmm. at all times. And just like, okay, we can remove a couple polygons here to try and squeeze it in, but it's bonkers. Yeah.
1: And I I should say that I love Naughty Dog games, and The Last of Us was my favorite. Yeah. And and for all the reasons that Surreal didn't... The things that Surreal didn't like about it, I still loved it. I loved the stealth gameplay. I'm... I have always now. I now his ass is just facing me. <laughs> the toy for the audio listener. Yeah the the shooting mechanics in the Uncharted series have been my least favorite parts of those games. Just because you you get into a lot of shootouts with you know enemies that can take a lot of hits. I always put it down on easy level when I play yeah. Uncharted games. But I loved the kind of melee stealth focus of The Last of Us. So. I'm not super hyped, but it's not because I. It's because I loved The Last of Us so much, and I especially loved the story, and the story had such a good finality to it. Yeah, that I I am one of those people in the camp that thinks I didn't need a sequel, you know. But I'm sure that when I play it, I'm going to be excited and
0: I'm going to love it as I well. I guess at this point we have to trust Neil Druckmann that he's confident enough, which is one of those weird details. Like. People forget that he was writing that Last of Us movie. Like the uncharted mm-hmm. movie was kind of outed out of Naughty Dog's hands, mm-hmm. but Neil Druckmann was like writing that Last of Us one, well, Last of Us movie script while they were kind of in pre-production for Last of Us Part 2. So, he's been soaking in this world for so long. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his partner in crime, the game director Bruce Straley left a couple of years ago from Naughty Dog, which is huge. I mean, he yeah. was a huge part when it comes to the gameplay in particular for The Last of Us Part 1. Let alone, you know, other Naughty Dog games in the past and stuff. And so other directors have moved up from different aspects of Naughty Dog and stuff like that. But, okay, the story itself. It's that thing of, well, I guess we'll just have to trust Neil Druckmann uh, that this story is worth telling. And he had an interesting interview here uh, for The Telegraph where he talks about how there were several ideas that he really wanted to get across with Last of Us Part Two that could only be told in, in video games, which has me more intrigued than maybe anything else that I've seen for this. Is mm-hmm. like, okay, if somebody says, I've cracked storytelling in video games, there's an interesting twist that can only be done in this specific medium. I'm so much more compelled. Right. Uh, so he was talking about, if you look at the first game, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that you played as Ellie. What does that mean to play the whole story as this one character, Ellie's surrogate father figure Joel, and then have this moment of subversion where the roles flip? Likewise, there are multiple things that happen in this game that are totally unique to our medium that really speak to this idea of complexity of the cycle of violence. Mm. Multiple things that can only be done in this medium to speak to the complexity. And so it seems like where the bulk of the Internet is thinking, I think correctly, is that the game is going to focus a lot on Anna, who is Ellie's mom, who is dead during the time of Last of Us. So then the question becomes, is she going to be a playable component? Hmm. I would lean no, but the fact that he's talking about like, the power of interactivity and all this stuff, I, got, I don't want to get my hypes up because I love like, that dual train, the dual line of stories. Like, I, I, but I got so excited for Metal Gear Solid 3 thinking that it was going to be following solid snake and big boss and you'd be jumping back and forth mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to set my expectations because if it is that that mother-daughter story and you're like jumping back and forth between those timelines i think that could be so cool
2: yeah that's because yeah, that first that one trailer where they they that people were kind of pointing out as being a little bit too violent out of context is that supposed to be part of her story and didn't did they yeah. give, actually provide context for that scene no, it's really
0: mysterious. So what that is, is like, okay, there is Emily, who's the leader of this religious group, uh, Yara and Lev, who are coming in. And then it's like, okay, I guess we have to join forces with this other woman who is being hung. And then they save her. And that person, it seems like, is played by Laura Bailey. And they have not revealed who that is or what her name is. But it seems like out of anybody, that would be Ellie's mm-hmm. mom then. Yeah. yeah and so, but they also like don't explain – and. Uh, Neil is very particular too when describing this, like we don't want to reveal what's going on in that scene or when it's taking place. So it's mm-hmm. like, OK, is that the beginning of the game then setting the path forward? Yeah, for And I,
1: I was always skeptical of I thought that was a bad way to introduce that, you know, the sequel, because yeah. because it was so out of context, it was just all of this. Violence that didn't have any kind of rational rationale behind it, and you, we didn't know the characters, so there wasn't any kind of emotional investment for mm-hmm. us. But I have always suspected that Naughty Dog is a smart enough developer and storytellers— that, that scene will have more context that makes it important within the actual story. And we and you won't one when that comes up in the actual story, we won't just be, well, who are these characters? This means nothing to me. Like mm-hmm. it will have weight to it in a yeah. way that it didn't as just in you know, the first introductory look at the last of
0: the Well Two. they had shown the trailer at E three twenty sixteen uh before that. Or, God, it was, a, it, was a, it was definitely in 2016, but that was the one where it was Elliot playing the guitar and then Joel walks the in guitar, and, and yeah. all that stuff. But this was, yeah, a whole new look at whole new characters. Mm-hmm. What are they talking about? Calling each other's apostates. Seems like it's a group called the Seraphites, which are a religious groups, something like that. And they have to join forces, yada, yada, yada. The other thing that
1: that quote makes me think, though, uh, as a possibility, is that maybe we're going to be spending time with – Whoever the enemies are playing as the enemies, because you talk about, you know, like the shifting perspectives that only Mm -hmm. video games can do and kind of taking another look at the cycle of violence. I wonder if that will play into it as well.
0: I could definitely see that too. And so even from the first trailer, they've been hinting and just flat out saying, Okay, this game is all about hate. First Mm -hmm. one was about love, this is about hate. It's about Ellie. Wanting revenge from the first trailer on, she's talking about like I'm gonna go in there and kill every last one, one of them. Oh, easy there, Ellie. Easy. Mm-hmm. We know she eventually is making her way from Wyoming, Jackson, Wyoming, all the way to Seattle, where she ends up fighting a group called the WLF. That's like the the demo that are, it's in Seattle, where the dogs are chasing her and all that stuff. Um, but the question is, what is bringing her there? What is this group? And then in the last trailer. It seemed like a very strong suggestion that her love interest, Dina, maybe gets killed. Like the trailer was cut in a way that so heavily implied it and that that's what sets her on this mission of revenge that I'm skeptical of it. Mm -hmm. Because they're very smart. And so it's like, okay, maybe this is actually Tommy getting killed, which is still an option. He's in that trailer and it's cut in a way where it's like, okay, that could still maybe work for setting her off on some adventure. Uh, But at the same time, then I keep reading these interviews with Neil Druckmann where people ask him about uh, fridging, the concept of fridging a fair amount of like, okay, is it just Ellie's uh, girl gets killed early on and then she's a sacrifice and that propels Ellie forward? How do we get away from that trope? And the fact that Naughty Dog is so sensitive about this. Makes me think that that's exactly what's going on here. So, like, here's an interview, right? So, here's Neil Druckmann talking about fridging in a Vice interview. He says, Sometimes there are certain tropes that might have negative connotations, but we just have to own it if that's part of the genre. Again, without spoiling who lives, who survives, because so much of the story is about the stakes of the people you care for. We're aware of it, but we're making the best decisions for the story. Mm. And so, it's like, man, I hope that it is a very confusing twist. And that it ends up that it's not just Dina dying and that Dina even maybe is part of the enemy faction. And then we end up seeing things Mm -hmm. from her perspective as well. I think that'd be
2: really cool. Mm -hmm. What if Dina is the one who kills Joel at some point and that she's getting revenge against Dina. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty Naughty Dog, reach out. (laughs) There's still
0: time. (laughs) I think that'd be really cool. Because then also the question is, you see Joel in a big way in that last trailer. Like, whoa, slow down there, kid, all that stuff. But what is Joel's role? if it's a storyline about Ellie and her mom and the complexity of of hate and revenge like Joel seems a little bit like a flat character at that point so maybe even then they lied to us in the trailer and it mm. was actually Joel that gets killed in the yeah, early on there, section right there was
1: early speculation that like we were seeing Joel's ghost or something you know yeah. along those lines but it, it that is the other Seemingly obvious choice of if this is a game about hate and mm-hmm. Ellie is driven by hate and revenge, then why wouldn't it be Joel that's the one who
0: gets killed? Up. Do you think Dina's going to be responsible for Joel's death? That's a great
2: question. <laughs> well, there's I mean, there's also the other side of it, like that you know, there's that whole the ending basically, right? Is that yeah. that that could be an impetus for for Ellie's hate in a lot of ways, you know, being lied to and whatnot, and maybe that's that's that sort of informs her journey to some degree. Maybe she finds out about the, the secret at the end. Yeah. Um, but how, maybe Tina does
1: mm. and holds it against Joel.
2: Because that's, like, the biggest, like, hanging thread, right, is that that, that game leaves you kind of wondering that that's that sort of, like, their whole... But I feel like it
0: also leaves you with the angle of, like, Ellie, she knows what she's doing dealing with here. I don't think she's going to have a moment of, like, what? Like, I think she knows exactly who Joel is, especially by the time of this game, right, like five years yeah. have passed, like...
2: I also think it'd be weird though for them to not address that that story thread at all in this in this one. At least maybe it, I I would be a little weirded out if they if it was only offhandedly like oh yeah, yeah. you know like you you kind of wronged me in that sense and that was weird that you, what you did. But uh, I don't know whatever we're just gonna keep going. Like I think they kind of have to talk. There has to be a scene where the, they if Joel is alive you know in any point in this game uh, where they have to have that thing conclude. They have to hmm. mention that I think.
0: Percentage chance that it's an Arkham Knight situation, that Joel is just in her head throughout the game. I would put it at 38%.
2: Wow. I was going to say- That was a lot of math in your head that you did. I was going to
0: say
1: 25%. 25%. percent 30. Yeah, okay.
0: No. All right. Uh, other clues here. So, Haley Gross, who's a writer on Westworld, she's uh, co-writing this game, and- at a panel at PSX 2017, her and Neil Druckmann were talking, and uh, Neil Druckmann said that uh, Haley's contributions to the game literally got somebody pregnant. That because of her suggestion, somebody became pregnant. In the studio
2: or in the game? Unclear. No, I, in the game, right? <laughs> okay. so it's
0: like, okay, is Ellie going to be pregnant? Or maybe Anna was already a part of the storyline, and maybe Ellie will have a sibling in some way? But this also ties back to a very complicated thread that goes back to an Easter egg in Uncharted 4 where if you remember at the end of Uncharted 4 there's a poster and it's The Last of Us American Daughters was the name of this thing. And while visiting Naughty Dog for the Lost Legacy cover story at Game Informer um, we had a whole video and you can find it it's called like Naughty Dog and (laughs) Uncharted 4's Easter eggs, I believe, something like that on Game Forms YouTube channel. But anyways, in that, I asked Neil Druckmann about that Last of Us American Daughters poster. What was that? And he was very, very coy, but like, I cannot, I cannot go near that one. And so... Then don't put it in a game. Well, then the question is like, is Anna part of an organization called, called American, American Daughter. Daughters? Or are the American Daughters going to be the group that Ellie... Is trying to exact revenge on.
1: Are, is it going to get into a weird handmaid's tale situation where people are being impregnated because you have to continue on the species, mm. you know, mm. against I don't think, certain mm. people's will?
2: Maybe Could be. I also think it's a, it's a little weird for, the, for him to make that remark, right? Like the oh yeah, what, what do you, like, how is she contributing to this game? Well, you know, because of her, a character is pregnant or something like that. Well, it wasn't uh, just yeah. that.
0: He was just saying that like early on, when she started contributing, that that was a result of mm. her contributions. Mm. amongst, I'd assume okay. the rest of the script <laughs> okay. and everything like that. Yeah. Maybe uh, the
1: story's so good that it impregnates you. Mm. as you played, That's
0: very smart. That's oh, very Something smart.
2: only games can do. That's mm-hmm. right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Other big predictions? If you had to come out swinging? I mean, I think the big holdover from the last game is
1: the fact that Ellie is, you know, impervious to the infection, right? Right. And so I would... It's hard to believe that that won't come back somehow into the second game. That
0: but, she's just going to be hunted? I mean, does anybody... No, no. that Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, all it
1: takes is like she gets bit at some point and someone sees that she's Mm. not, you know, getting infected or whatever for them to figure it out at some point. So I think either it will deal with her invincibility or there will be some other character that she'll realize is in the same boat as she was. And that will kind of. And that's
0: how she figures out that her mom's alive. Because it's her mom. What? Right? Why look so <laughs> horrified? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe he's, I mean she sure, sees maybe. her mom get bit, right? And then it's like, oh, what's the connection That's here? Why. That's why we're actually secretly connected. I but, was
1: thinking more like a younger character or something, kind right. of flipping her and putting her in that guardian role, yeah. where she has to, you know, watch out for someone else. Yeah,
0: but, yeah, that'd right. be interesting. It's kind of a Clementine thing, but. Yeah. I I hear you. But sometimes, you know, there are tropes that we just have to (laughs) deal with. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And embrace and do
1: the best that we can.
0: Yeah. My prediction is Anna is a huge chunk of the story, but she's not secretly alive. I think it's all still going to be in the past.
2: How do they contextualize that though? Like you just find notes and then like it kind of zooms into the note and then you go into the flashback? No, it's, it's just it.
0: the GTA V click, click, oh. click, zoom out and then goes through time and then zooms mm. back in.
1: The other thing I don't – I don't know that it's as much a prediction as something that I would like to see mm-hmm. is that I I hope that they do more with the state of the world than just the kind of static, well, everything's destroyed now and people are just living in factions and – we're just going to fight, you know, have infighting in between us. I hope they find an, a more interesting way to approach that and You're show like the Fallout New Vegas. Show like... yeah, show what's happening to society as it's going on. And the first game, you know, jumped very discreetly between seasons, mm-hmm. and it would be interesting if they they kind of do that, but with larger time chunks. I would that like would to see so that fun. as well. You know, that's a really good idea for or sure. E- even if it's like. You start with spring or whatever, but then summer is five years in the future or something mm-hmm. like that and kind of show us more about what's going on with this world than just, yeah, there are deadly creatures, but humans are the most dangerous ones. And the know. very
0: gameplay way they've kind of teased that is like, well, the virus has been around for so long that it's evolved. I know we have shamblers that are kind of spray acid and stalkers mm-hmm. who are kind of a middle ground between runners and clickers. It's like, OK, there's some Which aspect to like yeah. the world is evolving. But yeah, yeah I, I totally am with you. Get out of that classic, classic setting. But Seattle should be interesting to explore, huh? Yeah. Yeah, weird deal. Um, Hey, we'll find out what's going on when the game releases May 29th, 2020. So please uh, let us know how we were completely wrong or completely right. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Jeff, what is Sea Salt?
1: Sea Salt, my friend, (laughs) uh, is another random indie game I found on Game Pass. So I didn't have a lot of uh, gaming time this week. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but when I did finally get a chance to sit down, I just checked what was new on Game Pass. Is and that kind of your default mode now? Kind of, yeah. And I, it's, I'm not sure why. I, I just they add so many games on there, and it's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, scrolling through the Steam, the Steam store or whatever. But instead of, or a mobile store, but instead of having to deal with free to play and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff, you can just jump into whatever game and it's the full game and you can check it out. And I like. I like being able to check out a bunch of different games, and a, a lot of them, you know, just going with
0: what catches my interest at that moment. It's so how you found Children of Morta, which you still yes. love, and seems like with, more and more people are playing. I saw yeah. Andrew Reiner loves it over at Game Informer. That's Former right, yeah. yeah.
1: And so this was another one that kind of caught my eye like that because of it's another kind of indie, pixelated art style. But the interesting—so it's, you know, a uh, Lovecraftian kind of horror game, right? Mm-hmm. But— check 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> yep and it's it's specifically about dagon i think you know the fish god guy who's in who lovecraft was really into for some reason that's your mm-hmm. god isn't it surreal?
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah
1: uh but so, but you're you're basically playing as him but you're controlling a, a horde of Weird Lovecraftian monster minions, and so you you basically control you know a little pentagram evil symbol That's kind of a cursor that you're moving around these 2d landscapes But then you have all these different minions that will follow after and attack whatever you tell them to attack So it's almost like an RTS game huh. except you're not controlling in you're just kind of controlling a swarm and telling So, where the so swarm like overlord
0: Or like swarm the classic mm. game that everyone yeah. Tr- remembers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. I, I don't have frame <laughs> like of reference for either
1: game, but and so as you're doing that, you're unlocking different types of of enemies that you can have within your group. So you have weird acid spitting things and cultists who are just you know like basic normal humans, but they can shoot soul powers or whatever. And you, basic normal humans. Yeah. yeah and you're you're basically just making your way through these villages and eating as many people as you can who then give you more power and then you're have to fight bosses and stuff but it's it's an interesting gameplay mechanic because you all you can really do is move your symbol around your cursor and then you're kind of, but the how the horde moves is kind of a little it's a little nebulous and it's a little mm-hmm. hard, and so some characters, you know, like archers, it will show you a crosshair where their arrow is going to hit, and you have to kind of move out of the way of it and kind of snake your way in between attacks and things. So, and there, are, there, are, you know, uh, lumberjacks who will hit their axe down into the ground and it will cause an area of effect, and then you, and then after the area of effect dissipates, you have to swarm them before they can get their axe out and, and they have you like this game they yeah yeah i do and they have different bosses you know where you're you have to kind of learn the patterns. so it it's almost more puzzle game than action game as you're trying to figure these things out but you're basically just consuming a lot of poor helpless villagers that seems right the name of daigon sea salt is the name of that sea one. salt
0: yes sweet did you get a chance to check out the uh, bleeding edge beta by the way over
1: the weekend no i was playing sea Salt. i'm sorry i understand no i i wanted to but by the time that i got on it was already over
0: so. yeah so it was running uh it was you know a pretty bold public beta to put it on game pass and give it to millions and millions of people to check out but this is the new game from ninja theory mm-hmm. you know the hellblade developers which is something we can say now um but it's the one that's you know character shooter third person
2: a lot like overwatch structurally choosing different characters have you seen much of this game, Surreal? I saw the reveal trailer, and it kind of it reminded me more of, um, what's that one game that Platinum made that was like a multiplayer brawler?
0: Mm, I, don't know. I don't
2: remember what it was called. It was very, very edgelordy. Um, but it reminded me more of that than Overwatch, where it, it feels like this is going to have more of like a uh, a melee focus with with some shooting and some ranged attacks yeah, it seems involved. like
0: support has a lot of ranged attacks and stuff. Yeah. Everybody else has like guitars that are they're constantly picking and it's they all yeah. have hoverboards it's got some tune yeah. dude yeah
2: i would i would imagine that it's probably going to lean into more of their combat prowess is like more less about like hey throw your abilities at somebody and more like figure out how to do like specific uh, combos or attacks or something like that that's sort of yeah. my expectation just from watching the trailer and a little bit of gameplay when they revealed it i mean
0: don't go in expecting a stylish action game or right. anything close to DMC or anything from their past even Heavenly Sword like it is uh, i i didn't play Too much, right? But from what I played, it's like, okay, I think I got the beats and I don't know if there's a huge audience for it. Like I like Ninja Theory so much. I want to support them but at the same time I look at this and it's like, well, this is one of those weird lingering projects that they were working on long before Microsoft purchased them which they announced when they revealed the game and then also when I was at Ninja Theory for the Hellblade cover story, I saw this game like on some monitors and it had a very cartoony art style. Like it had a completely Mm. different kind of like kid-friendly art style. So like the idea of Making it more hardcore and two defies. More bleeding edge. More bleeding edge, right? It it does
2: feel like a game that maybe is a little bit too, maybe two years too late, where I think if this had hit in like 2018, 2017, in the wake of like Overwatch, basically, uh, I think it maybe could have been a little bit more uh, popular. But now it just seems like, it feels like the gaming world has either chosen Overwatch or moved on as a whole. Yeah. I don't um,
0: think this is Microsoft's drawn to death or anything. Like it seems, it, well it seems a little yeah, it seems a little better. Than and that, again, on Game Pass, least. maybe there will be a huge player base and audience ready for just like, oh, pick up and play right. some fun. This is a stuff. perfect
2: game for Microsoft to have on Game Pass because yeah. it, it it makes it it effectively makes it a free to play game, and so you can uh, kind of try it and figure it out and, and and without any cost to you. So it'll it'll drive people to maybe ha- like this game could have a player base because of Game Pass, which is an interesting an interesting way to look at that title.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then also not too long ago, uh, Ninja Theory revealed Project Mara, which, uh, let's see. Okay, here's the description of Project Mara. It'll be a real world and grounded representation of mental terror. Based on real lived experiences, lived experience accounts and in-depth research, our aim is to recreate the horrors of the mind as accurately and realistically as possible. Project Mara will be an experimental title in a showcase of what could become a new storytelling medium. Wasn't
1: that Hellblade?
0: Uh, No. So it's very confusing. So Hellblade, they started working with Paul Fletcher from University of Cambridge, who Mm -hmm. on the cover story Mm -hmm. trip, we went to Cambridge and talked to him for over an hour. And it was probably the most fascinating interview of my life. Maybe someday we could post that audio because it's incredible. But because of that collaboration, then they started Insight Project, which is about Mm -hmm. creating experiences in VR and beyond to help recreate like what people with mental illness experience. And then it seems like Project Mara is one of the first ones based on that. Uh, concept so it's a horror game about mental illness it seems bizarre but I'm Hmm. happy I'm lucky that um, I'm happy that Ninja Theory gets to keep creating these weird things you know the bigger Microsoft umbrella even these things where it's like VR focused like what a weird angle like Microsoft and VR is not leaning into it so it's cool they still get to keep dinking around with that stuff it's a little
2: honestly the the VR thing is maybe the thing that gives me the most promise because it not necessarily because like I want to play a VR game but like Based on Hellblade, it, it seems like their i it seems like their intent is to say you know to make, uh maybe destigmatize mental health uh, like mental health issues and things like that. But it seems I think, um because of how like. For lack of a better word, like pulpy, hellblade is. It's less. It feel. It makes me empathize. Like it's more about kind of turning mental afflictions into like plot points. If you know what I mean. It, less sure. about like how. Let's help you understand what it's like to be this type of person, and and more about like let's create this elaborate plot out of this person's mental condition. Yeah, which seems like the like the wrong step. But I think with VR being kind of an avenue for people to more more strongly immerse themselves, I'm hoping that they take a more uh, less about like let's. And they mentioned, you know, like, mental terror or or whatever the phrase was. Um, But I'm hoping that they use it as an opportunity to say, like, this is actually what it's like to have a mental health and to help people empathize versus, like, oh, let's make a really cool story out of the fact that this person has, like, a mental health issue.
0: Right. And to be clear, like, I think the VR stuff was in Insight Project overall. So I don't know if specifically Project Mario is going to be VR. But, like, the weird examples they showed, it's like, is this real life or is this in-game? And so it seems like they could be Mm -hmm. toying with that. and. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. they do just to make some weird stuff.
2: Because it feels like if if they're kind of making another one of those, like another Hellblade, then they then it's kind of extra weird because they're already making another Hellblade game. <laughs> Literally, so for them that. to have this and then also another game that also builds that is also kind of based on around that, yeah, it seems a little weird for a company to go so hard on like no, let's let's make mental plot issues into in, into like basically or mental health issues in, into plot points. One
0: game's enough. You're yeah. oversaturating the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Escape from Tarkov, Jeffem. Um, we yeah. had a real delightful experience where people voted for us to stream this for the Great Goaty Hunt on Tuesday. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Jeffem came in with we his He went big... in as prepared as possible. <laughs> I mm-hmm. did. I, well, I thought I did. And then Jeffem sits down to stream and he goes, What are we streaming today? And I was like, Oh no. It's this game from, <laughs> Escape from called Escape from Tarkov that you had never heard of. What was your first reaction to seeing that game in action?
1: Um, You know, it wasn't that bad. Okay. I, I think it i get this weird feeling from games like that where it seems as though there's this arma crowd yes right it start i think it starts with arma and then it and then pubg kind of influences it a little mm-hmm. but they it seems as though there there is this blueprint that started with those kinds of games and that part of that blueprint is having inventory systems that are just Totally convoluted and take a ton of time to figure out how they work and somehow that has kind of been translated into well that means it's a deep game and that means it's a it's a simulation ass game Mm -hmm. and and now now all games of that type have to have have to struggle with that is was my first impression of it because you go into that inventory screen and it's just a nightmare
0: And it's more of a nightmare than you realize. It's like, okay, well, I just drag stuff over. It's kind of like RE4 inventory Mm -hmm. system, Diablo 2, how bad can it be? Yeah, that's fine, right? No, but then it's like, oh, no, no, you have to have this thing in the right pocket. But let's back up a little bit. So Escape from Tarkov, it's a PC game. It's been in beta for a while now. It's made uh, by this Russian developer, Battlestate. But it's been out for a while, and then this year, it just really started ballooning on twitch in a big way and so i heard speaking of mark mcdonald i heard mm-hmm. brad douglas on the eight four play podcast talking about it who used to be at sony now he's at uh, epic but he was talking about how he was drawn to it and it was it pitched to him as it's the most intense parts of PUBG, basically the last five minutes of PUBG. that's the game
2: I was like, wow. so is it a battle royale game
0: no, it's very clear what it is. So okay. the the Wikipedia article for Escape from Tarkov says it's an indie story driven, massively multiplayer online first person shooter video game featuring elements of role playing and simulation. Did you just like type in every genre? <laughs> Solid. It's a first person game. A lot of tension and some elements from battle royale, but also survival elements in there. And then if you zoom out, really what Escape from Tarkov is about is an item economy. <laughs> You're going in to different maps, trying to loot, trying to find items, and then escape with the items. It's a little bit like Dark Zone from The Division, Mm -hmm. right? Escape with the items. And then there's a whole economy where you can trade with other players. You can trade with NPCs, level up your relationship with the NPCs. During the match? No, after the match, right? But then in the match itself, there's kind of AI patrol routes and patrol groups called SCAVs that are on defense. Mm. Um, And then other players. So the Battle Royale elements are like the other players can take you out, loot your corpse, all that stuff. And whatever you bring into the game, when you die, you lose it. Mm. But you can also put insurance on it. There's a whole other system and stuff. (laughs) But then also the scavs, which are the kind of the AI folks running around, every 20 minutes you can actually play as a scav and drop in with random gear then and then try and take down real players as well. So it is a complicated mess of a system but it all ultimately is about getting those items which in the great godie hunt stream we did not do no made the mistake didn't. of drinking from a water bottle which somebody heard and they shot us in the effing head water bottle <laughs> uh, it is a convoluted
1: system but it's also a super intriguing system yeah. which i think was was my other big takeaway i i like the idea of it the the kind of larger concepts of you're going into a place, you're just trying to get loot, and then you're trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Because that kind of eschews the problem that I also like Battle Royale games to a degree. I enjoy I enjoy kind of that buildup of I can explore this place mm-hmm. if I hear if I hear, you know, a shootout happening, I don't have to I don't have to run out and fight those guys. There's there there are those moments where it's where you sit there and you think, okay, do I want to engage them? Am I safe here? You're, it's it's that more survival aspect that intrigues me about those games. Yeah. But eventually, in a battle royale, you're going to get to the point where you have to fight people. Mm-hmm. You know, because everything's kind of closing down. So I like this idea that I can go into this kind of dangerous world. I I have another objective that I'm trying to meet and then i can get out at some point yeah. and and make progress that way right so yeah. that's what's that's what's intriguing to me about it but it seems like in order to learn it in this game i have to i would have to spend hours and hours learning the inventory system all the different economies and other systems that are playing into it and i think
0: that's that seems to be the stumbling it's block it's not impenetrable but then also you have to be pretty good at shooting too and we should mention it's it's not on steam it's just in battle states proprietary downloader thing. So they said in the future they'll consider bringing it to Steam, maybe Epic Game Store, you know, if Mm -hmm. this thing keeps uh, trending the way it is now. Um, And that they are not ruling out consoles in the future. And so I could see it being the type of like, you know, it's not to the levels of PUBG at this point, but like it's skyrocketed in 2020 so far. And I can see Microsoft trending that way, right? Right. And so I could see Microsoft being like, hey, Xbox Series X at E3 announcing like, Escape from Tarkov's coming to consoles. I could totally see that happening. Or I could also see Wait, this where is are you my going idea. This? Please, two years from now, the the next Call of Duty mode is oh. Escape from wherever Call of Duty lands. I think. You know? See, that would take two years. You know, who can turn this around in twenty minutes? I could see Epic just making a new Fortnite, a mode, Fortnite mode, which is yeah. just going in, grabbing loot, and mm-hmm. escaping. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could crank that out in the time it takes to record this podcast. Right. I could absolutely it's probably see it already out there right now. <laughs> Honestly, I bet they're going to do it. Yeah, is just collecting loot. I feel like all the ingredients are there. Just remix mm-hmm. some stuff. Done. Yeah,
1: escape it, from Fortin se- Island. It seems it seems like a very intriguing system. Yeah. I, I was that was the part that was interesting to me. We got to a point in the goatee Hunt where you actually killed someone. Oh, please! It was <laughs> it was an AI character, so it kind of only half counts. Don't take this away from me, dude. But then, <laughs> and again, I mean, looting him was a nightmare just because it's, it's it's all these inventory systems. You you search the character, and then you find out.
0: There's, you can inspect there's just a, a
1: box, so you, you have to inspect it and it's a backpack and then you have to carry over the backpack and then you have to
0: inspect the backpack to search that and i know just escape items. from tarkov fans we found like sound like real babies here mm-hmm. we could learn it it's yes. just there's a curve here yes and
1: but it's it seems like that curve has has been built into these kinds of games where it's, yeah. it seems as almost there's this meta progression of you just learning to understand the game mm-hmm. you know and it's and it's, and there's that seems to be satisfactory to some people you know where it's like you you are becoming an expert not only not only do you have to learn the map which we should mention is that you don't have a map in the game well, you can you buy, can buy one. it Yes. which also i i didn't get a sense of what's microtransaction-y and what's not you know yeah, I, guess I i didn't, see I didn't, any I didn't get a right sense enough. of the overarching economy the game itself is like 50 bucks yeah, but yeah. But, it, but it seems as though the base way that most people play is you just have to learn the map yourself and you can have a picture of a map pulled up on your smartphone or tablet or whatever second screen experience and and the fans that were you know in the chat with us they knew where we were (laughs) you could just look and it's like oh that tree and that rock well you're you're at this part of the map and i was struggling to just find it on the actual picture of the map (laughs) you know because we're these bumpkin tourists who have just been thrown into Tarkov and I don't heard know Tarkov's where we are.
0: Real nice this time of yeah. year. But
1: it seems like learning those is also its own kind of progression that fans really like. Yeah, so. for sure.
0: So that's Escape from Tarkov. Next time you hear it mentioned on the internet, remember us. Yes. Remember <laughs> the pros. That's right. No questions about it. Uh, real quick, while we're on a PC front, did you guys see that uh, a build of StarCraft Ghost yeah. got leaked? I saw those headlines, yeah. Uh, they, so there are several different... Uh, youtube videos kind of showing it off thank god they finally uploaded one somebody did that's like showing it off in 720p and stuff and so it's awesome this is obviously blizzard's third person starcraft game starring nova um, that was canceled developed by the people that made metal arms glitch in the system originally um, but canceled so close to the the release of the game that there's this playable build with like multiple levels Mm -hmm. and it's it looks like a game from 2004, but it yeah. looks pretty sweet. Did you check it out at all, Surrey?
2: I saw some screenshots floating around, um, but I didn't get I didn't see the actual like full video, but I, I do I do definitely want to check it out.
0: Yeah, it's just it's fun to see Starcraft from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Even with like the fidelity of Starcraft 2 and stuff, it's still fun to be like, oh, here's a nidus canal in yeah. third person, like, oh, here's a siege tank, and there's weird stuff where like as Nova what's the sure fellow, there's like a big gunner sequence where you're like gunning stuff down, which doesn't seem very Nova. But then like a big part of it in this one level is like Nova working her way through and then there's just like Terran Marines stuck, like we're pinned down here, Nova. And then you have to use like this overhead strike to like come down and blast Not open a the Dais Canal. Though, right? Not a nuke. Yeah. Take out like Overlords and stuff like that as the Zerglings are attacking them. So it's it's cool to see, even if it yeah. does look a little janky at this point. Yeah, it's you know? still
2: a concept that I think would work well. Like the, well, the Blizzard was they, just working on it, yeah. right? They just,
0: Jason Schreier said they. Scrapped a project that was a first-person take on StarCraft. It was like, oh, ah, yeah. just let us see more of that perspective. It's
2: sweet. Yeah, I remember seeing the screenshots in the in the gaming former story and just seeing like, oh, that's how big a, a siege tank is relative to this. Like, the, those are some of my favorite parts of the cutscenes. It's just seeing like, oh, battle cruiser isn't like this weird thing that's like maybe you could fit maybe two people in. Right. It's it's this giant, mm. uh, you know, star destroyer sized thing. Um, but like, in, and Starcraft Ghost felt like it was going to just be all that. It's just like, here's what this world is actually like, right? In a way that the real time strategy games kind of n- never, like, they they were always kind of abs- abstract, right? Because like the the marine was this like maybe a fifth of the size of the bunker that yeah. he was in, right? But obviously that wasn't the. Well, you the get scale. to see in the
0: opening cutscene uh, when Rayner looks up, and then you get to see the battle cruiser like turning around. You can see yeah, the scope true. of it there. But no, yeah. that's a good point for sure. Yeah. It's just like it's so dumb that just seeing that, it's like oh. The scale is amazing, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Or like even when I visited Blizzard for the Warcraft 3 Reforged, uh, rest in peace, uh, cover story trip, that was a big thing is them talking about like bringing the camera in for the first version of Warcraft 3, which is Warcraft Legends. And then especially with World of Warcraft, like they're all just in love with like seeing Warcraft from that new perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's fun that even to this day, it seems like that's still a motivation within Blizzard of like, oh, maybe we can do something first person StarCraft. Yeah. So speaking of uh internet sensations and Blizzard... Have you guys heard of Wolcen, Lords of Mayhem, Wolcen, Wolken? Well, How would you
2: spell is he this? Just, thing? I think it's is he just saying Is it Wolcen? I think the, it used to be another game, and I think the, the name of the game changed partway oh, through development. W-O-L-C-E-N, which, uh, yeah, it was kickstarted
0: a while ago. It's been in early access for a long time on Steam, but it's out, and it is destroying the internet. Uh, oh, it no. Is, Taking over. Like, if you look at, like, the Steam charts, it has more players than Rainbow Six Siege, GTA 5, PUBG. Jeez. It's a Diablo clone, Jeff. Okay. Do you... Is there a giant glass sphere
1: on in your HUD that slowly fills up with a liquid There's when you not, do attacks? They are
2: bars. Oh. I'm sorry. It's <gasps> not the full... UI revolution. No, I mean, yeah. they're revolutionizing the game here.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, people are in love with, like, the flexibility of different builds and stuff like that, but it seems like everybody is playing it and everybody is acknowledging it's pretty buggy and janky right now like the online okay. issues are all over the place even though I was playing offline and it was still chugging more than it should have in different spots but like the basic hook is flexibility of the build for the character and then also it's like a darker tone which is interesting it's like where Diablo mm-hmm. 4 is going except with Wilson, it's here right now you can play like it and, and darker grim dark and I, it's amazing to see like a game like this that's getting mixed reviews on Steam still just become a juggernaut. Like, people are still hungry for mm-hmm. yeah, the ARPG a- formula, What right? was
2: the last major game in this genre that came out? Like, that, that uh, was, like, hello. a
0: Diablo. Uh, hello. <laughs> you can't uh can remember. Hang on. <laughs> Marvel... What was that game Ultimate, from last year? Ultimate Alliance, Ultimate <laughs> Alliance three. Yeah. yeah,
2: so it's a low. You went on the cover story for that. You <laughs> I don't even remember, remember the name. Months and I, I, I know people will say like Path of Exile, right? Like that's like the big one that that had I think has picked up a lot of the slack that Diablo has right. left behind. But even that I feel is a little long in the tooth at this point. Like they, they keep releasing expansion packs, mm-hmm. um, but like it feels like even that was like long enough ago that people are that hungry people, for another yeah, one. Yeah, for something different, you know. Even if it's not just like as fleshed out as Path of Exile, right? Because it's like what? Else, like there, there hasn't been a Torchlight game in a long time. That's really the only other like yeah, real like, long term competitor that I think they just game. like
0: reboot the third game in that series too. Yeah, yeah. they they
2: changed it for Frontiers. Then like Front uh, Torchlight Frontiers is now basically Torchlight three, right? Um, but like be, beyond that, like I don't know that we've had. A ton of like games of this size, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So obviously, even if it's not good, people are like, "Well, Diablo Four isn't out yet, so we'll play this." I,
0: I think people are finding a lot to love with it, and like yeah. everybody says, like, "Okay, if they patch up these few things and get their act together, like this is a yeah. super solid action." Yeah, RPG, I mean, but- and that
1: formula is so good, you yeah. know, like people fall in love with that formula. It's Clicking. kind of, it's kind mm-hmm. of like you know, collectible card games in the same way. Like it, it doesn't take a lot. There are a lot of indie games like Slay the Spire, you know, yeah. doesn't need the most amazing graphics or anything. But when, you, when a developer can smartly tap into that formula, it's just a fun experience
0: yeah. and you don't need much more beyond that. For sure. Yeah. It's going to be fun to track. I could also see this following the Escape from Tarco formula with Phil Spencer. Our boy getting out on stage at E3. Just Wilson coming to consoles. Start buying stuff, Microsoft. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Get that hot Wilson uh. property. Um, Jeff, what's Wizard of Legend? The most generic game title you'll ever hear. What about <laughs>
2: Legend of Wizard?
0: No. I think we played this in the collection of random steam games for that great goatee hunt a while ago isn't it? guardians of champion <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i
2: guardians. actually thought
1: it was age of wizard a minute ago before <laughs> we started filming because it is a very generic title but if you actually check it out this was the other game that i found on game pass just another random oh that looks like it might be interesting downloaded it uh, if you are a fan of Children of Morda, which we had mentioned, and there seems to be a lot of fans out there, yeah. they should also check out this one. It was released in 2018, at least on PC. It has like a 90% on Steam. And it's it's basically that kind of rogue-like you're going into procedurally generated dungeons with a wizard this time, uh, and you're you're getting new abilities and things. But the again a very lush and nicely animated pixel art style and the the, the biggest component of it is that your each move that you have is kind of symbolized by a card. And there there are over a hundred different moves. And so you can, you know, you have fireballs and dash moves and every kind of it seems a lot of elemental based attacks and it seems kind of drawing from drawing inspiration from Avatar, like the last Airbender oh, okay. Avatar. And so it and it plays very I I actually like the moment to moment action gameplay more than Children of Morta. It it feels kind of like a beat 'em up and it, it is very difficult um, but it's very fast paced and very satisfying. And huh. so each time you're going through different runs until you get to the bosses or you die much earlier than that, if I'm the one playing. But you can get these different kind of cards and then you reconfigure, you know, what the half dozen moves or so you're going to use and try and make a new build out of those characters. And it's just very beautifully animated, tons of different kinds of enemy types and those kind of things.
0: Wizard of Legend.
1: Wizard of Legend. You
0: probably accidentally already own it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. if,
1: if you... Have already forgotten the name by the time you go to Game Pass, just look yeah. for
2: the Wizards on the box. Just art. Uh, type in Jeff M Game into Xbox, and these will show up. Yes, oh, recommend it. Recommended. You have an affiliate mm. program with them. Yeah, you sure. keep downloading yeah. these games. Here's another one. <laughs>
0: uh, any other games you guys have been playing? You want to talk about? Surreal, did you play anything on the trip?
2: No, I. I, I mean, I finished Kentucky, Kentucky Rod Zero. That game ends pretty well. Not oh. the way not the way you'd expect, but it is. It is a very sobering finale, that I think brings sure. a lot of the uh, themes of that game together even if it doesn't uh, delve into like, oh, what are all the mysteries? It doesn't like necessarily close all of the loops, sure. but it does deliver like the kind of finale that you want that game to have. Okay. Uh, nice. And then I, I played Chrono Trigger. I played here's here's a game I played, uh yeah. Roof Coaster. Uh, oh, at an game. arcade. Which oh is, fun, yeah. because uh, that game, I guess, is like, you know, if you go to a Japanese arcade, there are a lot of what are like a lot of rhythm games there. Uh, and Groove Coaster was the one I played most because they have Undertale songs in that game. So that was really fun to play through a bunch of Undertale songs. And like, uh, uh, Groove Coaster is really cool. Like, and they made the arcade version better because you have like these two, um, kind of sort of analog sticks and the idea is that like as you're you can tap there are certain notes that you can tap there are certain beats where you slide there are ones where you have to do it with both and there's one where you ha- grab one and kind of like move it back and forth and the and i think that's that works well enough to expand the game because it used to be just a mobile game where you just kind of touch your uh, touch it with your hand um but that that was really fun a lot of gundam Versus is going on over there <laughs> uh like we went to one of the arcades in Akihabara, and like it was just like there was just the basement full of that game um and we played a couple matches and it was fun and then at some point like we didn't realize that we were playing against other people and they just kind of destroyed us but it was like (laughs) when it was just the four of us playing against each other that game was actually really like really fun oh sweet uh but that's not a thing you can really do on the console super easily um so it kind of made me want to like hey everybody buy a copy of this game let's just let's play some online Gundam Versus in 2020 (laughs) that's what your future's looking like exactly the future is too bright
0: uh hey do you know how this whole thing operates Jeffem on bubbly on oh, oh, bubbly I used, that, I used
1: that joke before okay take Forget it uh, take it again uh,
0: on pikachu skateboard. <laughs> uh, no uh, patreon patreon.com slash minmax two ends uh, if you support us over there hey we really appreciate it and you support us at any tier you get access to the discord which is just a non-stop bliss it's the shangri-la nicest place on the internet including I'm very excited about this other Survivor fans out there. no, no. Please, if anybody else is excited about Survivor, War of the Winners, along with me, we have set up a (laughs) discussion channel. Please talk to him
1: so he doesn't talk to us about it. (laughs) Well, if
0: you guys would start watching the best show on TV, I wouldn't have to talk to everybody else. But we have a channel in the Discord devoted to talking about Survivors. So please... Join me in there, and let's unpack every episode. It'll be like a continual Max spoilers, except for every epi- episode of Survivor in there, so it'll be a good time. Um, also, Tabletop channel. That's right. A ton of other amazing channels. A very nice community. Check it out. And if you support us at the $20 tier, you get to join us for MinFacts, which is our weekly Q&A. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're curious about the behind-the-scenes of MinMax, what's going on, what the future might hold, that's the best place to unpack everything there. And this week is very special, where Sunday... February 23rd, we're going to have our second ever call in version of MinFax. That was a fun one. Yes, it was super fun. And so we're going to be doing that again. So, Sunday, February 23rd at 6 p.m. If you are a $20 supporter, you get access to the Discord and then we'll go in the Discord and you say, Hey, I'm ready for a call. We'll call you up and you can record a podcast with us for a while. That's right. For 20 bucks. Are you kidding me? You can ask us anything you want. You can make Jeff right. uncomfortable. Hey. I'm up for it. Anything goes. So please join us. If you're confused about all those steps, uh, send me a tweet at uh, Yosetti Y O Z E T T Y on Twitter. Or if you're a Patreon supporter, send me a message on Patreon. I'd be happy to guide you through exactly how that works, how you get access to the, the, the Discord. Well, yeah. If you're
1: if your problem is getting into the Discord, <laughs> then ask Hansen. But yes. once you're into the Discord, they'll help you set up everything.
0: It's a piece of cake. Patreon.com slash minmax two ends. We'd appreciate it. And hey get a load of this uh i'm sorry that's not quite Nope, yet. nope 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 Anyways, uh, hyperdot hyperdot says hey this is the fourth and final week talking about hyperdot and action arcade game with one rule dodge everything hang on it says since we are no longer under the onerous thumb of their patronage we are freed to share our real feelings on hyperdot are we saying that or are they saying that? They wrote that for us to say. So at this point, oh.
2: that's right. What better way to say that we're free of their patronage <laughs> than but for them? To tell they,
0: for, for them to feed us alive. <laughs> <lot>. Point <laughs> is, <laughs> hey, no more sponsorship from Hyperdot. You can say what you really feel about this game on Xbox and Steam, Jeff I and mean, it is. I still like it. I yeah. Like it, <laughs> it was it's a lot of fun. If I want to
1: do another competitive night where we play. That would be super fun, for sure. Uh yeah. What now once the pat once the Patreon thing is over. We can do a we can do a night where we play it. Then we and really then, get into showing off Hyperdot.
0: Yes. Yeah. So if you're a fan of Geometry Wars, arcade games like that in general, celebrate good local competitive gaming mm-hmm. with Hyperdot because if like it is my go to still for like okay have friends over four players. I want to play HyperDot. You're, and a, just set those. you're a dot now, my friend. That's right. Settings to random, let it fly. I think it's a great time. Uh, Charles McGregor has been working on this game for years and years and years. Glitch published it. Um, Glitch has helped Game Informer and us out throughout the years. So uh, the least you could do is check out their game. If it seems up your alley, check it out. And then leave a review on Steam. Because Charles McGregor is the nicest man on earth. Uh, he's been developing this game for years, and it could use more reviews on Steam and use a little more love because I I do think it is one of the be- one of my favorite games of the year, mm-hmm. honestly, so far. So Hyperdot, please check it out. Also, to help spread the good word, if you tweet out this episode of the MinMax Show, either audio version, video version, whichever version you'd like, um, and include hashtag Hyperdot, I will choose my absolute favorite tweet that helps share the show and it helps share Hyperdot, and then uh, send you a code on Steam for the game itself. There you go. Hey, surprise twist. It's the grand finale for HyperDot's uh, sponsorship. We have two codes to give away. So your odds mm, just doubled, doubled, my friends. So please, hashtag HyperDot and this episode of the podcast and... We'll send you out a code. Uh, Also, Riley Hill, Superhero Cinema Scoop. Superhero Cinema Scoop is proud to sponsor MinMax. Superhero Cinema Scoop is a YouTube channel dedicated to bringing you all the latest news about upcoming superhero movies, shows, and video games. Stories from Marvel, DC, Image, Valiant, IDW, and many more are covered. Videos are uploaded at least once a week, and now there's an audio-only version available on most major podcast streaming services. Superhero Cinema Scoop is the perfect all-in-one place for comic book movie fans, and remember, that's cinema spelled with an S- Check it out. Uh, check out Superhero Cinema Scoop on YouTube. They have a new YouTube video talking about the rumors of a new Marvel versus Capcom game. Have yeah. you seen this, Serial? Yeah, are those so rumors? I guess
2: what ended up happening was that uh, the voice actor for V, uh, or at least this is the thing that I saw. I don't know if this is what he's talking about. From Devil but, May Cry 5. Yeah, from Devil May Cry 5, uh, basically posted a tweet saying, like, oh, I'm very excited for the next hashtag Capcom versus game. Uh, some of the what? newcomers might be a little, like, familiar, right? It's kind of hinting that he's going to be in... This next game, but I don't think he knew that they hadn't revealed what the next game might be. So and he hasn't I think last I checked, he hasn't taken out the tweet, which is very odd, Um, which makes me think that it's less likely because I think if he'd taken it down, that would have been like a whole stress end effect where obviously people (laughs) would have been like, then it's totally happening. So it's a little weird. I don't know if he's just misinformed or if he's like totally like. Okay, I guess they're going to – because, you know, Marvel versus Capcom is not the only thing that Capcom does where their characters cross over. So it could be for, like, a card game or, like, a mobile game or something like that. Oh. And then maybe he's yeah, just what, mistaking it. Is it going to be Teppen? do you think? Like, yeah, that could totally be it, right? And yeah. then he's just kind of mistaking Teppen for, like, oh, that's, that's that Capcom versus game. Oh, no. Um, but a lot of people took that and ran with it as, like, is there another Capcom versus game?
0: That's interesting, um, and just get Marvel out of there.
2: Yeah, but uh, which is, I think, what a lot of people would want them to do because I yeah. think a lot of, especially like Infinite, suffered from uh, Marvel's kind of control on the situation, or at least that's the, you know what what I've seen. But um, that's that's very compelling. Yeah. Mysterious. Uh,
0: Also, hey, thanks to our sponsor, I Am 8-Bit. They're doing an awesome job. They have an online store where you can buy the Cuphead soundtrack on vinyl, a bunch of Sony soundtracks on vinyl like Last Guardian, Uncharted, physical versions of games like Inside Grim Fandango, the Inside Collector's Edition, which Kyle sleeps with on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. And if you check out anything in that store, you can get 10% off your entire order by entering the promo code... Min Max. That's one more time. Promo code Min Max. Twins. There we go. 10% off your entire order. Please check it out. I am 8 Bit Store, it has a lot of great stuff. And they're also selling the physical versions for Kentucky Road Zero, surreal, yeah. on PS4 and Switch, and the entire soundtrack, scale of 1 to 10. How's that soundtrack, surreal? It's really good. Okay, sincerely, pretend they're not supporting us. What would you rate that, scale of 1 to 10?
2: I, I, I would rate it as the, I was listening to it while I was working this morning.
0: There we go. That sounds like a 10 out of 10 to me. But anyways, for more information on Kentucky Route Zero, please call 1-858-943-6579. I think things are changing, Serial. So mm-hmm. please, for more information, please call 1-858-943-6579. Seven nine. He gets creepier every time he does that. (laughs) (laughs) The text compels me. Now let's open up the min box and honor the I'm 8 bit question of the week. Okay, the min box. Every week we post on Patreon for Patreon supporters at any tier, and they can leave a comment, question, word of wisdom, anything, and uh we might read it on the show. And then we're gonna choose our absolute favorite, and I'm 8-bit will ship something out because they're very generous. This is not just in the United States. They'll ship it across the effing world. You can be in Antarctica. Pluto. I am 8-bit. We'll ship it to you. This week it is... You want to grab that, Jeffem? It's the vinyl soundtrack for Old Man's Journey, which uh, was a game from not too long ago, but it is a sweet, sweet textured vinyl. So they'll ship that out to you, and uh, if you don't have a record player... uh, buy one it's 2020 yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, get with it. it just looks sweet on a shelf it's really nice yeah, packaging yeah. um anyways first question fred de novo says hey we are running out of time to wildly speculate about next-gen systems so what do you think the series x and playstation 5 game cases will look like
1: oh are we getting
0: a new shade of green and blue will xbox still keep the discs on the left This is such a good question. I love this. I had not thought about this. Do you think they're going to be changing that up? Uh, It's going to be a paper envelope.
1: Right. Because those are even less expensive to ship. Smart. So, I don't know. And Uh,
2: it'll just say Xbox on it.
0: uh, Well, hang on. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they've used, like, the Xbox One, basically, min-max green in any of the branding for Series X. Like, on the official site, they have, like, the play video thing, and it's, like, a lighter tone of green. But in the video itself... No green. Is there a universe where Xbox gets away from green for so Series X branding?
2: Black. I know. I think they'll stick with green. Yeah. But So I think
0: the spine of Xbox Series X cases still green? Yeah, I think so. I think It'd so be too. Weird.
2: It'd be weird for them to go to change color now. Yeah.
0: So maybe that brighter green though? Maybe. Okay. Just to change it up a little bit so they don't make it too confusing.
2: Maybe they fold up
0: vertically now. Or will
2: they
1: do just black with some kind of green in there? That would be really sweet.
0: That's That'd possible. Be, it seems like kind cool. of that black and gray is the Series X looks so well, far. Well, I guess least.
2: since I'd have to see what the, the Series S will look like if they, if that's what the route they're out there going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's like black and white, I guess it makes less less sense to lean into the green color. But it's not like they've recently updated anything about their brand, right? Like, it, we, like the Xbox stuff is all still green, so I don't think yeah. there's any reason for them to change the color on that end. What if
0: it's black and white and red all over like a newspaper? Hmm.
2: That very modern technology that they want to have.
1: Actual, actual, another question, prediction, will they change the dimensions of the box at all? Because I I feel like that is an actual case where they may take shipping into
0: account. And make it like CD shaped, like an old CD case. That'd be wild. And then you go to Sony's side of the fence and you think about like, well, that logo, the drastic change from the PS4 to the PS5, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, are they just going yeah, to have the exact same of, format for? It's PS5? kind of nice
1: that they all are the same size and would fit together. You know? I could
2: see them use like using a like a different shade of blue to okay. differentiate like PS4 games from PS5 games. Yeah, uh, but I think because they are so tied into like the Blu-ray kind of size dimensions, right. They might just stick with that same kind but of. But they random. could do a
1: different color because the PS3s were clear, right? They're black.
2: The boxes were, cle- were transparent. Oh, the spine, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess they
0: could. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is how you know it's a fun time in the industry. Because we don't even know what these game cases are going to look like. That's right. I guess they're going to have them. Nanook of the Prairie. Interesting. Welcome. Uh, Nanook says, hey, has the best game on each of the current generation of consoles been released yet? I love this question. Mm. I can't imagine anything surpassing Witcher 3 is my favorite PlayStation 4 game, and maybe one of the upcoming big releases will surprise me and move to the top of my list. And what if a launch game like Breath of the Wild is the best game on Nintendo Switch? I bet Breath of the Wild. The mm-hmm. first one will be the best I would game say probably. Which is wild for a launch game, right? Mhm. Although for what's the best N64 game?
2: Okay, of Time? Okay.
0: Well, <laughs> Anyways, uh I can see it for Switch, that having peaked. Yeah. The question really at this point, I guess, is Cyberpunk and if five years from now we even see that as a last gen game. Because I'm guessing it's going to be mm-hmm. kind of straddle that Right. Even just think about like it's confusing to think back on what generation GTA five is. It was like, I oh, yeah, I guess it was last gen, but it's kind of known for both in such a big yeah. way now. And I think Cyberpunk is going to be that same case. So I don't know how defining for the generation it has to be to just solely be yeah. on that. But
1: I, I could, mean, what are we what are we considering the best for PS4 at this point?
0: The best game? Mm-hmm. Amplitude.
2: Mm. Then, yeah, I guess I, I, it's already been released, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I don't know. What is your guys' top PS4 game?
2: In terms of exclusives or just all around? I guess not. I guess not. I guess it's probably Witcher 3 then, but even though I played it on PC, which is weird. but
0: Yeah. I'm struggling to think of what number one PS4 game would be for me. Like, I love Blackout so much. as a world in wow, which— Wow, wasn't expecting Blackout.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, I think the—most people would say God of War— Oh, of course. There you go.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, yes.
1: Which you know, I don't know if I feel. I feel like that's what people are going to go with, and part of that is exclusive. I think exclusivity plays a role in when people decide their favorite of yeah, a generation. I think that's important. But I feel like a. It would have to be a Sony property to top that in most people's minds. Right. So, Last of Us Part Two might do it for you. I think it would have to be that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have to be that at this point, right? Okay. What are the so odds he's not coming out with any other
0: major Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> which is PS4 2, yeah. right? So, yeah, there there could be more. Mm-hmm. Um but uh would you say what are the odds that Last of Us Part 2 is going to top God of War in your own heart and mind? I
1: didn't finish God of War, so mm-hmm. I, I wasn't I totally understand that it's a great game. You but horrified But me. it's, I didn't, I'm, God, I'm not as big of a fan. Okay. I'm not I'll, either. I, the I will take finish. all the crap for Red Dead Redemption 2 Please. and not finishing that because I do enjoy that so much. I was having fun with
0: God of War. What are you and, doing? And appreciating that it was a good game. I'm living life, man. I know. I went back to Red Dead 2 this last weekend because I went to New Orleans not too long ago and I'm like, I'm going to go around St. Denis again. And, and uh, it's
1: exactly the same as... It's exactly the same. City.
0: Yeah, it was still it was very fun to walk around because like I went on so many history tours in New Orleans. Like mm. oh, it's kind of fun now to slowly stroll around the streets. But I forgot what a pain in the ass. A lot of things in Red Dead are. I still love Red Dead Two so much, but uh, the save that I loaded up was like opposite side of the maps. So I'm like oh, I'll just have a nice stroll over there. And it's just help, help! Ah! And then get mm. bandits mm-hmm. attacking me left and I'm like I just am trying to get the same. <laughs> That's DNA. why it's
1: the Wild West. <laughs> Anything right. can happen.
0: Jeff, I'm, I want to play the rest of that game with you
1: we'll have to make it, make it a Patreon goal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can't do that to our community? <laughs> $20,000. <000. laughs> okay. You suck. Now you have a reason to not Boo play the game. I'm holding off yes. until we get to yes. the rewards here. Jaron Estes says, did anyone see... Anyways, the point um, for uh, Nanook is that, yes, absolutely, that's probably the peak, right, of, of each generation. It's probably already passed, but we'll see. Probably. Um, Gabriel Logue says hello minmax crew how often do you find yourselves going back to games you've completed for reasons other than nostalgia uh, he says in q1 he goes back to a lot of older games do you often find yourself going back to a game to help inform your opinion after several years removed
2: uh, sometimes I'll go back to a game when the sequels about to come out like I, I plan to do that for both uh, half-life 2 and doom yeah uh, since the, those sequels are coming out next month so
0: that's so fast
1: I know oh my god yeah there there are games that I go back to, such as Diablo 3, I think, mm-hmm. is one where I can keep going back to it. Sometimes it's because it's been remastered or they've added, you know, something new to it. But I don't typically – I like that question because it's an interesting idea of how much do opinions change yeah. over time. And I think they do. If I do go back to a game, I think my – Opinions tend to change, you know. Sometimes they'll be a little warmer. Sometimes they'll be a little cooler on them.
0: Now that you're but, not a professional game reviewer, at least right now, mm-hmm. was that unnerving, uh, unnerving when you had a review and then you went back and replayed a game and it changed? Was that like, oh, now I, I feel weird for having no, that number out I mean, there? It,
1: it never changed that drastically, yeah. I think. So it didn't bother me that much. but And, the, you know, reviews are also a time and place. That's another yeah. thing that we have to get into arguments about reviews. Is it, That's how I felt about it back then, and it's okay that it changes. But
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, now it's Jason Estes' turn. He says, Hey, did anybody see the teaser for Atomic Heart that came out last week? From what I understand, it's set in an alternative Soviet Russia with killer robots and a hallucinating main character. The teaser is eerie in the best way possible. It surprised me to find that the game was originally advertised with a 10-minute trailer back in 2018, yet until last week, I'd never heard of the game. Have you guys ever experienced that type of blind spot where an interesting game completely passes by your radar until it's released?
1: Yeah, Atomic Heart is
0: <laughs> the main example. Yeah, did you look it up? No. Okay, great. Uh, I had a weird one with this with the first Guitar Hero, where I loved amplitude and especially frequency back in the day from harmonics. And I was in college, and I remember sitting in my cramped little dorm room and being like, what is this? Guitar Hero GameSpot? I think they gave it a nine. Like, what is it? From Harmonix? Somehow I completely missed this. And then it was like that day, like, all right, traveling over to Best Buy, and I'm going to carry this huge guitar case all the way back on the bus and everyone's going to make fun of me and I don't care. It's worth it. And then it turns out it's one of my favorite games. Well, yeah.
2: I, I, it happened for me with Undertale, honestly. Like, I remember, like, the first I heard about it was, like, you know, a bunch of glowing reviews for it. And uh, I was like, well, what is it? Like, apparently it's been out for, like, it, I, you know, it had been kickstarted and all that stuff. And there was, like, a development log. But I guess it had been around for a while. I just never heard of it until it came out and people were uh, going gaga over it. So.
0: Yeah. They still going Gaga?
2: Oh, they're going Gaga.
0: I'm curious how that game would hold up. Speaking of the previous question, I went back and replayed it because mm. I enjoyed it a fair amount. But I think I'm so pissy as a person. I think mm. I'd go back and be like, ah, the fan base the internet likes it too much. So now I, I, think, I have to like this uh, less. Yeah, I, I mean, mm.
2: I think I played it again when the PS4 version came out, and I still, I, I it's a lot. Shorter than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I remember it being super long or anything, but I remember like the second time you can get through it a lot more quickly, yeah, uh, for sure. But I think that the the parts of that game, I think that work, I think still really work. So
0: right on. Stud Muffin, who is a moderator in the Discord, thank you for your excellent uh, I'm sorry.
1: My answer to that is oh, yeah. that's
0: every time I go on to Game Pass. This is what I'm
1: I'm oh. learning about a new game for the first time and falling in love with it. There it is. And then I have to scream at you to go play a Wizard of Legend. Wizard Legend of, of Legend. Le-
2: isn't it Legend of Wizard or Le- Wizard of Legend?
1: It's not important. Go on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what did Stud Muffin have to say?
0: Stud Muffin says, hey... uh, Can the table please brainstorm a new Twitter handle for Jeffem? Let's not get... Let's get that bad boy changed. What is it right now, Jeffem?
1: It's still G.I. Jeffem. And I was going to change it after I got f***ing (laughs) fired, as as we all know. But then I... Andy told me not to because he had put my Twitter handle in the last magazine and I oh. I did actually get a bunch of new followers from that which I I don't know that that matters or I care about exactly. that
0: You're not you don't have to make a new account. You can change know, your name. I know. I know, but it was because he
1: I know, I know. he I know. put it in. Yeah, so I I had it. If you were to change it yet. now,
0: what would you change it to?
1: Just Jeffem.
0: Is Twitter Jeffem taken?
2: twittercom Jeffem. No, True. just Jeff M. Right? <laughs> Justice
0: Jeff. Hang on. Let's. Okay, that's very good. Jeff M um, is taken by Jeff Mastro Monaco. He seems cool, hey. hot. Um, just Jeff M. Um, I'm sorry. Just Jeff M um, is taken by Jeff um, McGuire. I'm GI Jeff
2: M um, forever.
0: <laughs> it could be like well, gastrointestinal. The, the
2: GI yeah. can stand for something else, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, gastrointestinal
0: so
1: Jeffem. Yeah. Exactly,
0: <laughs> whatever GI stood for with the GI Bill. What does mm-hmm. the GI stand for for the military? General, general infantry.
2: Is that what of this? Yeah, that's what GI stands we for. We got a no f-ing history general book. infantry
0: Joe. They call him. <laughs> I did have a moment where I realized, like, oh man, maybe I should leave my old Yozetti Twitter handle behind. I've had it for so long. I was like, why not? You know, no, you can't. Yeah, you can do change that. it to
2: something like GI Yozetti. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I mean. You know, I was like, I should just change it to like Min Max Hansen or something.
2: Yeah. I like, yeah. Remember,
0: and
1: I'm still mortified by this moment. I was yelling at you at one time in the office. I was getting all worked up about something, and I referred to you as Yo Zeddy instead of Ben That's to so your weird. face. And That's you were so just weird. like, Yo <laughs> I got super
0: embarrassed by that. Yeah, I, I still remember that. Yes. That's that was really. And very I don't know weird, if you caught awkward. this, but I've actually. I've actually been calling you Jeffem for years now. Oh. It's been talking of embarrassing, Ooh. talking of embarrassing, <laughs> <laughs> that's how words work. Okay, Suriel, uh, we got to come up with better for Jeffem.
2: Hmm. Uh, J Yeah. That-
0: oh, why don't I just do a hang time? Twitter.com slash hangtime? Yeah, I'm sure hangtime's open.
2: All right, great. Twitter.com slash hangtime.
0: please. please, write in with Jeffum's new Twitter handle, please. We'd appreciate Mm. it. Patreon.com slash famnx 2 ns Hans Klein. NBA Jeff. (laughs) NBA (laughs) Jeff. That's absolutely (laughs) taken, right? Of course. Hang on. Twitter.com slash NBA. (laughs) Hang on. NBA
1: Jeffum is wide open. There you go. (laughs) Pretty good. Someone has already taken it. Because
0: there's, <laughs> you have, I feel this podcast going on. Yeah, lie, it's not going to happen. <laughs> That'd be so stupid. Hans Kleinenberg says, Ben, when you went to Amsterdam to visit Gorilla for Game Informer's Horizon cover story, how long did you visit and what did you guys do just besides visiting the studio? Did you have any free time in the city? Also, for a possible chuckle on my end, can you pronounce this street name? It's Herngracht. That's going to be my attempt Harry at the it. Brock. Uh, anyways, yeah, I've been to Amsterdam a couple times, and I really, really liked it. I went years ago. It was like a layover, but we stayed the night, and it was Tim Turry and Ben Reeves and I. And uh went to like the Anne Frank house and stuff. Why are you? <laughs> and what did you guys consume? <laughs> it was a, it was an interesting evening uh, that really made me laugh a lot. And uh, so on the Gorilla cover story trip, though, for Horizon Zero Dawn, it was just Kim and I um let's see outside of the studio we went to the big art museum not the van gogh museum but there's another one that also has van gogh in it i forget the name of it but that was lovely got like the audio tour that whole thing um then i remember uh we went to like the red light district and drinking and uh saw the sun come up it was a mm. night that went longer than i wanted it to and expected but did,
2: did jet like have anything to do with that had you like fallen asleep? What's on that? that? Well, was the time difference? Is that why you and were able? No, I were... think
1: it's the red light district part of it. Yeah, right? I
2: think that was it. And also, it was just,
0: yeah, it was it was a long night, but very fun. Also, I feel really bad because Herman Hulst, who's now you know head of the Sony Studios and stuff, he made some reference to how I need to have raw herring and how he wanted to eat raw herring with me, and I didn't understand what he said at first, or I misheard it, and I was like, yeah, hey, okay. And it kind of was passive. And then he kept bringing it up and I was confused because I didn't understand it the first time. And now I feel really guilty that I never had raw herring with mm. Herman Holst. So mm. at some point in my future, I think I should probably do that. Is that just sushi at that point? That's right. Is that Yeah. Yeah. Dutch mm-hmm. sushi. Um, Marriott Player says, hey, what's your sleep schedule like? Mine used to be terrible until I tracked it with a mobile app and now I've never slept better. Stay warm up there. Thank you. I uh, tracked it with a mobile what app. What does That's the mobile
2: app do? I don't know. Just your sleep. I don't know. Yeah, tell us more, Mariana. Just, just I guess, like
0: shames you, like uses yeah. you, you, you to
2: go to sleep or something. Is that maybe?
0: That could be. Um, I sleep like a baby. I I feel so sorry for people who have a tough time with that. But you know, I still am keeping with a pretty. I actually I've woken up earlier since leaving Game Informer. So sometimes I'll get started oh, at like good. seven or eight on on min, min max stuff in the in the morning. Um, come down to the freezing cold studio and stuff. But mm-hmm. how's your sleep schedule, Jeff? Uh, it got. It was good for a long time,, uh-huh. after things that
1: happened right uh and then it got it got bad again i was up I was staying up to like two or three in the morning and sleeping too long and now my wife and I are kind of back to a midnightish deadline mm. and then we're usually. And we and we've just been waking up naturally because of that around kind of eight or nine.
0: So, so. sweet. So sweet. Yeah, it turns out the significant other has a huge impact on that. Mm-hmm. That my girlfriend like wakes up automatically around like seven every morning or eight every morning. It's like, Okay, that's great. I don't need to set an alarm on the weekends. This is the best ever.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to not ever need alarms because no matter what alarm I put, I always wake up at least an hour ahead of it. because really? For whatever reason. I don't know why. That's your internal alarm. Yeah. I, I just wake myself up because, like, I'll even if it's like 5 a.m., I'm setting my alarm to 5 a.m. to do a thing or whatever, I'll always wake up at like 4. And it's like, even though I hadn't, I don't usually wake up at 4 randomly. It's just like this weird thing where I've just So like, set
1: your alarm for 6 and then right. you wake, wake up, up naturally up f- at 5.
2: Right. It's, it's your little
0: signal. biological clock. Yeah. It's ticking, uh, Soriel. It's ticking. Better watch <laughs> it. Oh, geez. Anyways, so Lucy sick. Yearwood <laughs> writes in, says, Hey, I love this question, Lucy. She says, What's the best game whose title is one syllable? Mm-hmm. I got it. What is it? It's Doom. Doom's a contender. It's definitely mm, up there. That is good. surreal. So, can you think of any other one-syllable names? Because I had a tough time with it, and then I looked it up. and was like, Oh, there's actually a, a decent amount yeah. of one-syllable game names.
2: I think the first one that comes up is... Probably Fez.
0: Oh, very good! I didn't
1: even have that one written down. I really down. like that game. Yes, but... absolutely. Okay, wait. Are we saying the best game with a
0: one name title, or the yes. best title? The best for game a game. With... Would you do you like Fez more than Doom, serial?
2: Uh Which Doom twenty sixteen or regular Doom?
1: But are we still Either. just <laughs> saying the best game that has a one name title? or the best
0: one Lucy n- says best game, game best game whose title is one, one syllable. syllable. Oh okay.
1: Well then yeah. Doom 2016? No, I am I'm, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's better now, right? Uh, Mist journey journey is multiple syllables. Oh,
2: one syllable. <laughs> one, one syllable, syllable. not yeah. just one word. Yes. Oh. Okay. So so you would be looking for God, flow. God, this
1: question has so many layers. Yeah, I'd argue it
2: has
0: one. Uh <laughs> Mist is up there for me. Worms. Mm. Okay, you going. guys want other okay. hints yeah, for keep good going. games? <clears throat> okay, it's a PlayStation 4 game we talked about on the PS4 Trine. episode. Oh, interesting. <laughs> no. Launch PS4 game. Uh, Mark Cerny's baby.
2: Mac. There
0: we go. But that's, again, it has no, to be uh, it so, it has to also, also be, the best be good, Games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about... Um, Portal. Port. Not split, That's not... Port. <laughs> not split second, but from Bizarre Creations. Minute. Racing game. Mario Kart inspired. Awesome game. Underrated. Oh,
2: uh, that yeah, that racing game. Um, What's it called? Blur. Blur, yeah. I like Blur more than Doom, but I'm not a Doom guy. I understand this. Yeah, I think Amped? Far, Fez is still probably mine. What's that, Jeff? Amped? Is that one? I guess
0: that counts. Yeah. yeah. There's arms up there for sure. Mm. Spore. Thief Steep Rez Also think about good games It's a weird thing too How did you search for this? Somebody made a list somewhere It's awesome Uh, What about other games From a certain developer There's a developer who God Over in the recent time All of their games have been one syllable COD Nope (laughs) We mentioned one of their games earlier 2016 2016. I think of Quake. Egg. Yeah, Quake and Rage. rage right? Isn't okay. that crazy? Yeah. I'm... Isn't that weird, you guys? I think it's very weird. Okay. What about yeah. this one? Last one. Last one syllable game. Other than prey, pyre, dirt, gun, haze, chime, braid, blood, black, and Brain arms. Brain might be up
2: there for me. Ooh.
0: Okay. Or thief. Um, old game. Uh, I don't know if this game started on mobile phones, but I played it on the first phone I had. Threes, Snake, Snake, very good. Everybody knows that Snake is one syllable. Louis <laughs> Kane, that's a good question. Uh, Louis Kane says, "Hey, what the hell were Warner Brothers Montreal thinking with the quote-unquote marketing of this new Batman game? Why do they think it was a good idea to do this kind of intricate multi-social media Court of Owls teaser when they could just and then they could just drop it cold turkey? Did this make?" Anyone excited? Their last tweet is that dumb logo from the 9th of January. Like, seriously, what is up with that? Even if people were excited, surely leaving it like a dead end for that long, like longer than a month at this point, isn't doing them any favors. Thoughts on this? Yeah, that's dumb. Uh, yeah. I thought for sure it was building up to a Game Awards Thing. tease. Yeah. But to have a tease and then just let it go cold for a while, it seems like something shifted, something happened. I would imagine. I, I ain't mm-hmm. no marketer, but it seems like an odd. That's not how teases work, right? You don't just wait for it to die cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's Hey, r-
1: remember that thing?
0: And there was a rumor I saw online that, that it is like uh, a Batman reboot, that it won't be in the Arkham timeline and mm. stuff. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, they've been building up excitement for so long. And now just, yeah, nothing. Whatever. Mm. So, yeah, they're uh, they're out of their effing minds. All right. Antonio Lamberty. Laborty. Happy Laborty. <laughs> He says, hey, in the making the show better category, you need to get a goal for hiring someone to sit in a booth off camera and audibly laugh at Hanson, Hanson's home. Laugh at my home. <laughs> you can do that if you follow us on Instagram. A lot of candid shots mm-hmm. of my house. Um, it's Midmax Show, by the way, on Instagram. Anyways, Mike Sweet. He says, hey, I'm back to being a Patreon supporter. Hey. After taking a little break due to my financial situation, but didn't and will never stop following your work. Very sweet, Mike. Um, Mike says, I was actually the third person to pledge on launch day.
1: Nice. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Jeff
0: Cork was number we one. Know Jeff Cork was one. <laughs> Anyways, so now
1: who's number two?
0: Tell us if you're two. Yeah, that would be fun to go find. Anyways, Mike says, what's something you all left behind for a little while, but came back to it and it was like you never left? I mean, he wasn't gone for that long, right? <laughs> it was like a month, was, maybe? I, several years, he
1: says. It could only yeah. be it could only be like two months at the time. Okay. Anyways, okay. what's something yep. you all
0: left? You left your child for a bit, right, Jeff?
1: What? (laughs) That joke would have worked better with Kyle here. I guess that makes more sense. Um,
0: I had a weird thing where I used to really love the Rebel FM podcast. and listened to it for a very long time, and then I was like, oh, I'll take a break. And then didn't go back to it for like four years or something. And then just a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I'm going to listen to the latest Rebel FM. And it is wild. It's like, oh, Still, my boy, Bet Chandranay, holding down the fort, and then, like, Arthur Gee's still there. And it's like, oh, it's just bizarre seeing some things go on and not really mm. change that much. And it's not, like, a damning thing. It's kind of sweet just to be like, oh, this thing that I used to love is always there if I ever it. want it. Yeah. They're always there.
2: I think mine was the, the Waypoint podcast, which I listened mm. to when it launched. And then I don't remember why I stopped listening to it. And then I came back to it recently, and I still really like that podcast.
0: Yeah. What do you so. like about it?
2: Uh, I think they they tackle topics from like well the, for one they tackle topics that you don't see on a lot of podcasts and they also have like just you know Austin Walker's perspective on games specifically is something that I'm always interested in you know he really has like really thoroughly explained opinions on pretty much anything he covers and he's like so incisively smart and
0: how do you think he got that smart I don't I think what's his secret I
2: think he just went to a lot of college <laughs> I think is, is that like, what it is yeah I think he he. he I, I he has a doctorate or something. I don't remember. I think one. he eats the brains of smarter people. <laughs> <I>
0: mean, <laughs> that's, that kind of... that's right. He's a doctorate in brain eating. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, James Smith says, hey, handsome, all fresh. Jeff, I'm um, in V-Squeeze. Okay. Anyways. That's new. It's, it's a new one. <laughs> James says, who was your dream interview?
2: Uh, I mean, should be pretty obvious. I think, Hanson, you can guess this. Suda51. No, I've already, no, already interviewed no, him. No,
1: he didn't. Yeah. Not the real one.
2: No. <laughs> what?
0: Oh, my God. You got 52. Um, I can guess this? Yes. Your dream interview. It's... Hang on. Video games? Yes. Damn it. I mean... Shinji Mikami. Mi- no. It's not Miyamoto?
2: No. Why would I be able to guess this? I think, I think, I think you know this one. <laughs> what is this freaking me out? Dan Hauser. No. Um, think about stuff specific to me. Pseudo uh, 51. A, Other things specific to me. A
1: Dota god or something? Oh, kind. Gabe Newell!
2: No, close. Close. Who else is Gabe? Oh, Ice Frog. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. I think that would be the interview also that I would be the most nervous about because if I have to imagine that anything would be like, here's a covert thing. Maybe they have to put a screen on him where I can't see them. Right. But like the weight of like being the, I assume that like being one of the few people to be able to ask him stuff, just like yeah. where do I even start that interview? Like what, right. what do people want to know most? Uh, who are be, you? Yeah, exactly. what's your
0: deal? Yeah, and I'm out. I'll take my answers <laughs> off the air, Ice Frog. What if they said, "All right, we'll let you interview Ice Frog, but we can't let you know who he is, so we're gonna splash acid in your eyes <laughs>
2: beforehand." Yeah, and that's the most—that's the, the most practical way to do that, too. <laughs> can't just have you facing well, away; all, all it's gotta right. be acid in the eyes. In the
0: in the video game arena, I've been very lucky in a game former. It's like I interviewed <clears throat> or spoke to. Every developer I wanted to. It's really insane going through that archive. But uh I, I would love to talk to the creators creators of Sunset Writers. Like that game's development is still such a weird mystery to me. i mm-hmm. love to sit down with those old Konami old timers. That's one that was always a little bit too distant. But yeah. Um and then probably Spielberg or something. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh- okay. Excuse me,
1: <laughs> sir. Go ahead, Princess. I uh, know. I've I I think I talked to a lot of a lot. i don't have many video game people left but outside of video games banksy wouldn't that be a cool interview
0: <laughs> i don't think that would be cool at all why would mm. that, that be i don't know because then i'm you'd over know,
2: it.
1: then you'd know his identity though and you but, could
0: ransom it against him oh and then uh-huh. that is kind of a little bit of an art piece in and of itself yeah. isn't you, it
1: you mm. just tell him at the end he'd be like this is illegal i'm gonna sue you'd be like no dude <laughs> it's art
2: Gotcha! <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, I can't do it because it's art. Yep. And I love he art. Just claps, he <laughs> That's his voice, well too. Well played, sir. I'll be over here. Anyways, Check Trails- out this stencil I made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Charles Davis says, hey, Max and Minions, life is effing weird sometimes. Has anything ever happened to you that you could not and cannot explain? I love this question, Charles Davis. Um, and this is a great prompt, too please everybody write in with stuff that has happened in your life that you cannot explain. Like supernatural? Supernatural, coincidences, stuff like that. Like there's just stupid stuff from my history where uh, I remember playing around in probably middle school or high school and uh, my friend was like throwing weapons at me while I was on the four-wheeler going by. This is the most boring example of this. And I remember seeing him with an arrow from a bone arrow and he snapped it in half and we only had one arrow and then I whipped around on the four-wheeler and came back and the arrow was back together and it was like a whole arrow and he was very coy the entire time. He's like, I, I'm not going to tell you how I did it. I'm not going to tell you how I did it. And it, it's still <laughs> boggling my mind about how this happened. Um, another thing from my past, which is just, just to get the ball rolling. This is so mm-hmm. small, okay. but very specific. friend of mine His mom was married to his dad. His dad's name was Kim Marshall. And then their last name. Right. Weird combination of names for a father. Kim Mm -hmm. Marshall. His parents got divorced. His mom then started dating a guy whose name was Marshall Kim. And then his (laughs) last name. Is that not the strangest thing? She that she set weird.
1: that up, right? She scoured the globe to she find was like, yeah. I'm gonna spite this guy. <laughs> yeah. Show me someone named Marshall Kim.
2: <laughs> exactly. My number one complaint about this guy's name. She tracked him down. I think it should be backwards. <laughs> she tracked him down.
1: She killed his wife. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then married him. And
0: that's the weird to stuff. To spite him. Please is, write in that with that the kind weirdest. Of weird stuff. Anyways, uh, uh
1: when I jesus <laughs> you believe this
0: guy it's like we're not even at the table just jump in you dingleberry
1: when i was at the state fair as a kid i can't probably like six years old the Minnesota maybe? state fair yes there was place to be there was a stroller on the sidewalk as we were walking by there was some kind of like stuffed animal in it <laughs> and for some reason i don't know why i went up to that stuffed animal and I punched it right in the stomach as hard as I could. I I don't know what it did, but it talked back to me and it said, "Hey, don't punch me." And Shut it up. blew my mind. Shut no. Up. And
0: what are you talking about?
1: That's that's what happened. And I remember looking around, and my parents were like, "That's weird." And and that is the memory that I've had for the past thirty years. And even when I bring it up, like, I know that there must have been some other stranger around at the time who must have seen it. Yeah. And maybe he was a ventriloquist. I don't know how he made it come from the stuffed animal that I punched. But and anytime I bring it up with, like, my older brother or my parents, they're like, yeah, I remember that. That was weird. I don't know if they know what happened and they're still just fooling me with it. But it's been unexplained ever since, and that's why I don't
0: punch stuffed animals anymore when I see them. I think you misheard it, or it was somebody else saying it, and then you told your parents that's what happened, and they believed No, they it. were there with me at the time. Yeah, but maybe they didn't hear it, and they are just nodding along. No. I think where you kind of buried the lead, I'm more mm-hmm. confused about you saw a stroller, and you would have just <laughs> punched punch the it. thing in it as hard as you <laughs> could. And I
1: don't know why. I can't remember that part of it. I just what remember that I punched hell? it really hard, and then it said, hey, don't punch me. <laughs>
0: and I want to kill you <laughs>
1: Another time when we were kids uh, We had a Ouija board Yes And we put out the Ouija board We were doing all the Ouija We were all very <laughs> weirded out by why it was moving Because we were all barely touching it And we asked it We, we couldn't come up with a question We wanted it to be a hard one, right? Mm-hmm. And so we asked What is the birthday of... Our mom's friend, like one of her random friends, yeah, and it spelled out the birthday, and then when we went and asked, that was actually her birthday.
0: And you didn't. Nobody at the table knew, and it was correct.
1: Yes, and I don't know how any of us. But you don't believe in Ouija boards, right? No, of course not. But this is another thing where, my brother. May be playing like the longest con of yes. like twenty five years because I still bring it up and he's like, yeah, that's weird. I didn't know it either. <laughs> uh, just him with you. He seems very sincere about it, right? right. But that's the only explanation I would have mm-hmm. because he would, he, you know, my my younger sister's younger than me, so she didn't set it up. I was like six right. at the time, so it would have to be him. But he was only a couple years older than me anyway. So freak out! It, dude. it must be spirits. Spirits. Uh, my mom's friend was dead at the time too, as well. I should have mentioned that. Oh, oh she was really? dead the whole time. Yes. So. Oh my god. Wow.
0: It's I ghost, think we we'll have to man. take out a Ouija board now. And my out what's going my on. wife
1: is actually she's very superstitious about stuff, and yeah. I told her that story, and she is not happy that I was playing with a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's still in my basement, and she's like, "You have to get rid of that." I'm I like, love. That. I don't that's want it in so the house. Sweet. Yes. I don't so, want.
0: I remember. I was very scared using a Ouija board up at my haunted cabin or whatever. Um, and I was terrified, but my friend Ben was playing with us, and I remember he goes, "Oh, the spirits of Milton Bradley!" It's <laughs> yes, like yes. It's like- that, is, that is the lamest part of it, and and people
1: still get yeah. spooked out about it, and yeah. they still
2: make movies about it. Yeah. yeah, every every once in a really long while, I'll have like really vivid déjà vu. Where where it feels like, I swear to God, this is, Mm -hmm. I've, I have, and it's specifically because I feel like I've dreamt this exact thing, Mm. this exact series of events has happened to me. I don't know if it, like, how, how that's possible, but it's like, I, I swear when it happens, I'm like, I swear to you, I have experienced this before. And you all
0: feel deja vu, that feeling of like, it's, it hits you so hard. I've even had like podcasting and stuff, which is bizarre. And then it just like slowly fades away, but I always feel like, oh, if I kept leaping from, um... Like, uh, lily pad to lily pad, Mm -hmm. I could keep this rolling forever, but eventually, oh, my memory is jumping off into a different course from what I did the last time I did this, but I know it's all just brain chemistry. Yeah, and,
1: and, and, like, the awareness that it's deja vu is also kind of built into it, where it's, mm -hmm. I've had this experience, this is deja vu, it's going on. When I had it last time, it was also deja
0: vu, Mm -hmm. like, that's built into... How do we deal with deja vu before the French... And before they like, came up with that term, like for everybody else, was it just like, oh, I'm a messiah. <laughs> oh, no, my exploding. But, like, how else would you deal with that? Yeah, yeah. we just call um, them witches at that point. I think so. I think so. By the way, good news, Jeff. Um, uh, Twitter.com slash Puncher is <laughs> oh, <laughs> a Oh, there we go. claim that. Anyways, please write in with uh, your weird stuff. Uh, Tim Laro says, which is better? And he says this. Which is better, traveling the country or traveling the world? First instinct is, oh, the world. But mm-hmm. there's something sweet about getting to know the good old US of A or wherever you're from out there. I, yeah. I love traveling the country.
1: Yeah. I would say if you're – are you assuming that it's – you're going on a road trip for that?
0: Yeah, I guess so. I think that's part
1: of the fun of being able to do it in country is oh, kind of, of – course. Is the journey there as well. We're Wh- sitting on a whereas, plane. Yeah. yeah planes, planes just You're zero. What are you Yeah, say? you're getting coronavirus. You can't go to PAX anymore. <laughs> it's just –
0: it's true. Uh, but so, then
1: also world, I mean So if you had to choose though. I guess I would choose world. I would also choose world. God. Because then it's you're you're getting to exposed to such different mm-hmm. cultures, which I think is part of my favorite.
0: Yes. But as somebody who loves a, a deep dive, there's something kind of fun about going to a part of the states in particular that you've mm-hmm. never been to before. And it's like, oh, now I have this microscopic zoom, I understand this aspect of our society a little bit better yeah. compared to going to japan it's amazing but at the same time it's like i feel like i'm still thirty thousand foot view of what is happening in this sure. society i can you know? see that too. um which by the way i was thinking about with your trip to cereal it's a nice reminder for folks that if you have a little bit of cash i understand it's tricky but if you mm-hmm. save up a little bit of cash you can go to japan and you probably should go to japan yeah i mm-hmm. argue with my friends all the time about this where my argument is always. So what are you going to do? Just die never having gone to Japan? That sounds terrible. Like if you like video games, I know it's dumb, but like I feel like you have a real connection to Japan. Like you should go and experience it and try and wrap your mind around it. It's uh, the most interesting
2: place on earth. And the, yeah, and the two things I would recommend if you're looking for cheap travel is to subscribe to Scott's Cheap Flights, which is like yeah. this newsletter that will just tell you like, hey, there's trips to this place for like two hundred dollars or whatever. Because that's how I got you know the t- uh, tickets for Japan for like six fifty or something. Really? Is, yeah, which is ridiculously cheap. Wow. Uh, and then also just like every once in a while, if like find go to like Google Flights and. They have like this whole p- price graph about when you want to go and when the the best. So if it's like if you want to go at a specific time, you can check out like, yeah. the, the table of like, oh, if I went at the end of this month, it'd be a lot cheaper. Yeah.
0: Scott's yeah. Cheap Flights was the name yeah. of that one. Yeah. And that,
1: I, that gets back into our conversation last episode, I think, about not putting stuff off until you're too damn old to actually yeah. enjoy it. Like, don't be afraid of that. And specifically with Japan, I think when it comes to. Asian countries, I think people are more scared to do traveling just because of the language barrier, mm-hmm. especially. But with Japan, everyone is so nice. If you're going to
0: Tokyo in particular, mm-hmm. you're fine. Yes. You're honestly fine. It'll be a fun challenge every once in a while, but you're set.
1: Yeah. And wh- I mean, when I was there, there were times my whole stupid family came over when I was living there and I was trying. To, I was, you know, the tour guide there. Uh-huh. Did there your was, mom's friend come? Yes. Okay. In spirit. Right. Uh, <laughs> spirit Airlines? There. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. yes. But there were plenty of times where I was completely lost. I had no idea. And it turns out if you're a white person and you're standing on a street corner looking confused, Japanese people will just come up and ask you Mm -hmm. where you're trying to get to. And they will. There was a time during that trip where. Some Japanese businessman on his way home saw that we were lost, realized that the restaurant that we wanted to go to was going to be too hard for him to explain to us. So he just walked us like yeah. 10 blocks I to know. get us to the restaurant and then turn around and walked back in the opposite direction because it was not on his way home. Mm-hmm. But it was just that nice, you know, it is built into the culture to be helpful. And, and if there are people who are lost or need your help, like everyone has to try and help.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you,
2: and you would—you'll be surprised at, how, at the amount of English that people in Japan mm-hmm. specifically know. Look for
0: somebody younger, and you'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, did you have a culture shock coming back, Cyril? It's always like the airport for me. It was like, oh, good god. People yeah. are rude outside of just Japan. Just like – I mean
2: a simple thing like you know, in, in Japan, they, they've kind of like normalized the idea of like if you're on an escalator, then everyone stands on one side and then people walk up the other side. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot more orderly. So if you're in a hurry, you can just walk by everyone. And then just being back in the US, everyone's just kind of like all over the place. And it's like, oh, it would have been nice to actually – if this were in any way orderly.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. so you're the rude one and you were yelling at them on the That's escalator? Right. Right. I was you got forced back to, to yell at them
2: saying,
0: why aren't you like this? <laughs> <laughs> Go to Japan, you cowards. <laughs> Andrew Baker says, Hey Minmaxers, I currently got Soul Calibur 6 a couple days ago and playing through the Libra of Souls campaign, it is such a slug. With Netherrealm consistently knocking out fighting game campaigns out of the park, I feel like getting and getting great reception for them. Why don't more fighting games follow suit in this formula? I would love a story mode in the vein of Mortal Kombat and Justice, but in the Street Fighter or Soul Calibur universe, why don't they do it?
2: Uh I mean they they've kind of tried over the years like Street Fighter 5 had its version of that and it was not good I think. Um I think uh those story modes in in the NetherRealm games are as good as they are I think because they've invested a ton of resources into them at this point. You know they have their yeah. whole motion caption studio. They have they have um, you know, dedicated story like people there, like which is not a thing that a lot of other studios at fighting like other fighting game studios have. And uh, for, I mean, for what it's worth, I actually kind of like I did kind of like that Libra of Souls mode because it it did something that the Nether games never really do, which is actually gamify the fighting game parts of it. Because you know, like as for as fun as they are, like those are, you're watching cutscenes and then there are the fights and there are kind of like whatever. Um, and so, like, instead, I think what I would like to do is to t- for someone to turn a fighting game into another kind of game where you're where there is progression, where there are a- other loops there. Um, but uh, I think f- to answer their question, I think it's just it takes a lot more resources than you think t- to do that. And I think yeah. most studios would rather, be, with the limited budget that they have, invest in making the fighting game part of it better.
0: Yeah, and you look at like the success sales wise for Mortal Kombat games versus. The last several Soul Caliber games, yeah. I mean, they have much more of a budget to work with and Nether yeah. Rom has so many years of experience doing that at this but point. But
1: are they that popular because they do have this single player aspect that can draw That's
2: more just, yeah, yeah, it the other? Yeah. Like I mean it is a cycle that feeds into itself. But mm-hmm. for a long time, like the story modes in those games weren't good, right? Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't until like the even the PS2 era, I think, that they started investing in like, let's have a bunch of like single player stuff for them to do and eventually mm-hmm. it just became those story modes. But for a while they they were for a long time kind of like experimenting with ways to have single single players have fun with those games yeah uh marquis
0: j gaston hey speaking of deja vu uh it says hey what genre will be the first viral hit from dreams
2: copyright infringement
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is getting wild like it's very fun to see a lot more people playing dreams and seeing the weird stuff in there but Mm -hmm. it is that reminder of like now that it's in the public and everybody's sharing it, it's like shut up don't talk about it too loud or, yeah. or Disney will correct <laughs> down get on us. It's too this popular. Thing. Yeah. Did you see the Fallout 4? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. did you have you played it yet? No. Mm-mm. We should maybe check that out in a yeah. video cuz it it seems very cool. Um yeah, I don't know. I know that um the creative director Mark Healy for Dreams that he wanted new genres to be invented in Dreams, yeah. which is like, you know, He's a little bit of a hippy-dippy. It'd be awesome mm-hmm. to see it, and I'd love to see something like, you know, Auto Chess bubble out of Dreams. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, my, I think it'll probably be kind of 3D platformers, which is, yeah. you know, the kind of thing that we saw in the arts campaign, mm-hmm. at, at least those portions of it. Musicals? Yeah, yeah, the musicals. <laughs> but what I would like to see is competitive, you know, couch multiplayer kind of competitive games. Because like HyperDot, it can be very simple, but it is still very fun when you play those kind of experiences with your friends. Yeah. So please make those.
0: There we go. Justin Ray says, Hey, MinMaxers, I hope Jeffum is having a wonderful day. Okay. I am. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) He says, Hey, on the MinMax Show and back on Game Informer, you guys will regularly bring up how Dreams is a wonderful hub of weird games and creativity. I wanted to point out that this kind of experience still exists on PC with the website Itch.io. Itch.io. It is a platform for indie developers to load their games onto for free. My friends and I have put out three free games under the name Digital Daydream, but you can find tons of free games made with all different engines and many are playable completely free online. So if anyone's interested in playing being able to play a variety of small to big experiences and not worry about viruses they could also check out itch.io yeah that, nice, nice plug that is a great
1: point and when we were talking about that last time and i brought up that it's this shangri-la where you don't have to worry about that that was one of the things that i thought in my mind but forgot to bring up of oh, yeah. there we go oh yeah itch.io
0: is justin's got your back people are doing that um another justin justin swart Says, hey, Ben in the CLCs, uh, taking a classic game and giving it a modern remake is all the rage these days. Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Final Fantasy 7. To flip this notion on its head, what's a modern game or series you would like to get a 16 bit treatment? A D Master.
1: I'm going to be an asshat and say Metroid.
0: Uh, what, the last Metroid 2 didn't do it for you?
1: No. Look- I, I want. Beautiful, nicely animated, sixteen-bit graphic. You version want sprites? Of that. Yes, I want sprites.
0: When? What was the last sprite game that Nintendo developed? I know that's poorly stated, but last like sprite assets, not including like some uh, spirits in Smash or something, but like sprite assets, full game. I guess. Yeah. Uh, gotta be something know. on the e-shop right
2: yeah i would imagine maybe some of the stuff in. was there anything in game and wario that was i believe thinking based yeah. Two. But i kind think of...
0: warioware is probably the answer is some micro game yeah. mm-hmm. in there because those yeah it has to be that right but outside of warioware let's say what else is there let us know um yeah. also the um talking about seven and remake and all this stuff somebody in the YouTube channel comments pointed out something that I thought was very interesting, and I don't know if it got a lot of play on the internet, but in the latest trailer for the opening of the Final Fantasy VII remake, <clears throat> in the official version from Final Fantasy on YouTube, in the description, they say exactly the scope of the first game, which they had never clarified before, that mm. it is, in fact, just Midgar, which mm-hmm. we'd speculate a lot, but, like, they just laid it all out there. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. There it is. All right. Cool. Um, let's see. Joseph Walter is says who owns the right to i can get used to this uh technically we stole that from bob odenkirk on comedy bang bang so i'm gonna go Mm. with comedy bang bang but uh if you want to find out joseph maybe you should come to vgm con on march 7th uh, (laughs) at 9 p.m uh evan McHugh says i recently moved into an apartment with a backyard and playing switch in a lawn chair is way more satisfying than it should be My friend and I were reminiscing about running an extension cord out of a tent and setting up an Xbox and playing Halo in the great outdoors. Why does video games, why does playing video games outside feel so magical? It's because you're outdoors and being outdoors feels good, I think. But it also feels a little bit like it's a fun contrast. It feels kind of naughty, like, ooh, I shouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, it feels like forbidden for, like, I shouldn't be able to to do this. I shouldn't be able to get a tan while being lazy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess that's part of the tanning part but I guess <laughs> playing video games specifically then right it does feel good though doesn't it mm-hmm. I think
1: that's just the vitamin D though that you're absorbing what you're is out this there. Yep. vitamin D mm-hmm. I've
2: blocked well, all the windows mm-hmm. well yeah but even if you're like camping if you happen to set it up in, in inside a in and I think that's part of the appeal is like you know portable systems notwithstanding like having to set figure out how to how am I going to set up an Xbox here mm-hmm. yeah. and, like, do I have to get like a, a battery or something or like, how do I set it up? Uh, I think is part of it. It's like, oh, I did this myself. A yeah, life there. hack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
0: Serial, what do you know of camping? I've seen your min snacks episodes. I know you ain't no camper. I'm not a camper. You want to like, go camping this summer though?
2: Uh, maybe. There it is. I guess in the indie the th- six weeks in Minnesota that we have to go camping. <laughs> okay,
0: buddy. Uh, get <laughs> Jared, out of here, Jared Baybout says. Over the last month, after completing Trails of Cold Steel three. Seriously, you guys should play that series. I know. There's just too much at this point. I've started the process of learning Japanese so I can play more JRPGs that are not localized to the West or the wait is too long. I'm looking at you, Yakuza 7. So with the idea of making yourself better, have any of you learned a new skill or done anything to better yourself for a form of entertainment? Uh, I learned a skill
1: through playing games not not in order to be better at video games but the first example that came to my mind was pro, like puzzle games that use programming in them that teach you programming oh, concepts sure. i hmm. played a i played a bunch of those i did an article about it at game informer yeah. when i was checking them out and some of them are very it's kind of simple concepts but some of them actually delve much more into that aspect
0: did and, you get into and just i would love to Speaking of interviews, we want. I never talked to the world of Goo folks, but that studio—what is it, the Tomorrow Corporation? Mm-hmm. They definitely got into those. Did you play their games that are all about yeah, programming and one, stuff? Uh, I can't
1: remember what it's called, but it it is a good a good example of that.
0: Yeah, look well, it well, there up. it is. Look it up. Um, we can look it up while we're pondering this next one from Neil Smith, who says, "Hey, physics defines." the multiple world theory or multiverse theory as an infinite number of parallel universes, which contain within them all possible outcomes of quantum interactions. Essentially for every decision you make that boils down to quantum variations or chemical reactions inside our brains leading to one outcome or another, there exists a universe or multiple universes where you made every possible outcome in those universes. So out there in the universe, which contains every possible version of ourselves, I ask you, does there exist a universe where Ben Hansen passionately defends pop tarts against toaster truth? against Toaster Strudels, no, there is not.
2: (laughs) That's Uh, just a void where that that realm would go? That's right.
0: Yeah, Mm. I removed it from existence. Mm. See, the thing for this, do you need this? I'm still confused about physics in this way. Like, do you need the multiverse to have the every variation of everything here, Neil? Because isn't the core idea is our universe is infinite, so there's no reason that a Ben Hansen who prefers... Pop-Tarts over Twister's strudels does not exist within our universe. On like some other planet somewhere. And there's also one where it's Ben Hansen, but he has three eyes. If it's infinite, then it's every variation.
2: No, because I think you do because I think it implies that there's a – I think the multiverse implies that there is a – like in in this situation, there is a version of you that exists on the planet Earth that – you know, where most of history has Mm -hmm. gone the same way except – yeah. For you like popular. But I'm saying
0: that can exist within our universe mm-hmm. still. You don't need the multiple but worlds well, it, well, it still think,
2: wouldn't be I, this place within yes, the universe. It, not not, not in these oh, coordinates. Because then what you're that saying. universe implies that you could go visit that version of yourself right. simply by moving, you know, in a direction whereas this would So it requ- wouldn't be the exact copy. Right. Yeah. So yes. it, instead, it, yeah, it's just. But that's effectively you, the same point. Right.
0: So effectively I'm right. Okay. Okay. There, there's a universe where there's you're a right, universe where you're, you're right. right. Correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, Human resource machine. Yes. Is that the game thank you. The Tomorrow Corporation game. Yeah. And seven billion humans. They released in 2018. I think I started. No, I didn't that, see that. One. They're an interesting company. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Jesse James says, "Hey, M and M's. Hello. Oh, did you hear this? By the way, for the rest of your life, you have to choose between only being able to play games that have already been released or are going to be released that came out after today. Which do
2: you choose? So." In the latter version, I would never be able to replay anything, right? Correct. I could only play games I have Correct. never played before. Correct. Do I only do I get more than one session? Do I like w- like if I play through Cyberpunk? In, like, let's say I'm okay, I'm done. I can never play Cyberpunk again. It's just
0: today is the dividing line, so you can replay stuff in the future. <laughs> you know what I mean? You oh, can so, play Cyberpunk so, several so times. So starting
2: today, I would not nev- not be able to play any game, anything that's been released in the yes. past, but I could play anything for an infinite number of times. That's right. But yes. it has to happen right. in the
0: future. Choose it. Hot shot.
1: I go future. Future. I absolutely. I think I'd go future, yeah. Keep
0: plowing ahead.
1: Because but they're also just going to keep remaking the old games too and re-releasing them. Very
0: shrewd. Mm. There we go. Tom Blackburn uh says, "Hey, I just got a second new dog and can't help feel overwhelmed by how much better he is making me feel about myself as a person." Um yeah, he's a sloppy beast in comparison. Uh, he says, anyone with anxiety about bringing kids into the world and the huge financial and temporal burden it can be should think about getting a dog first for your health. It's a very interesting strategy. I don't want a uh, a dog. I'm allergic to everything. Hmm. But I do want kids. So I'm just going to make that leap. Get yeah. A kid. Yeah. I've thought Go about – Go to the kid pound and get, <laughs> and get a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about
1: that as well but – I. My worry is that sometimes dogs don't transition well to having a – when all of a sudden this Mm -hmm. new needy being shows up into the family that he's already been in. So I would rather have the baby, then bring a dog into it. The dog dog then knows what to expect. It knows what it's getting out of it and then – the baby can adjust. Right. That now we're paying all attention to this cool, awesome puppy. But you
0: don't get the stepping stone of like yeah. family building, right? Yeah.
1: In which case, you know, carry around an egg. I think that's what they do in school, right? Yeah. Take care of the egg. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, put, it, put it in a cup of vinegar and then. <laughs> yeah. A mm-hmm. Tweet the
0: reference. That Look. You understand if you watch yes. this
1: play Sonic. But also just get a dog because they're great and they do make you feel better. And yeah. that's another brain chemistry thing. Scientists have figured this out, that just having a dog and petting it and stuff releases endorphins and all those kind of mm. good things. They're man's best friend. That's true. It doesn't work with cats. No. So just kick those things out. If You don't, don't want them. one of those. Right. Just go with the dog.
0: I, was, I had this thought the other day. Tell me if I'm insane. I was like, man, what if I have kids... And one of them really wants a dog, and then I realize, oh, well, that'll be fun because I can just like pretend to be a dog, and that'd be like a fun playtime thing, and it'd probably be funnier for the kid too. No, you're gonna screw. Your Depends on the up.
2: age. Like, there's a very yeah. slim period of time where that works. I think.
0: What are you talking about? Pretending to be a dog is funny from age. 1 to 9. <laughs> well, it's up point, they're just going to be like, kiddo. "Dad,
2: you, you can't just keep pretending that you're a dog every time I ask to get a dog." I, at some point, to I just therapist. want a dog." <laughs> I need help
0: with my homework, father. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyways, it'll be fun.
0: Um Also, you guys played Sonic Adventure? Oh yeah, we played Sonic Adventure 2. Really? Because uh-huh. we got our ass kicked in Tarkov, and then I found out that that game was on Steam. Are you a big uh, Sonic Adventure Two fan? Yeah, I think. What?
2: Yeah, uh, I think very few people have spent more time with that game than, than than me and my brother. What are you we talking about? That. Are you we, serious? We ended up A ranking every mission in that game and got the like the, the the Easter egg where you play the first level of. I Sonic am sorry,
0: Adventure. we did that without you. It was <laughs> yeah. a random I raised,
2: choice. I raised the shit out of some chow.
0: <laughs> but the Doctor
1: Robotnik's beeping when he shoots still drives you crazy, right? Do oh, you know what I love the sound?
2: I love it, the the res like mechanic of like just running through a level and just like highlighting everything and then firing all your blasters at them. But
1: the piercing audio <laughs> noise <laughs> it that really sucks.
2: Maybe yeah, maybe I it. It was just TV a terrible, is, is objectively prompt. terrible idea, right? Oh my god. I never really noticed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so absurd. So many people love that game. I was amazed that everyone in the chat's like, I have this game memorized. It's yeah, my favorite game. Yeah. I felt bad. Oh yeah, yeah, you
1: should. Because <laughs> I, I don't. I did not want to dump on that, and everyone, everyone should enjoy the games that they like, and don't let people talk you out of something that you like. There so. we go. Uh,
0: Amir, yes, also,
1: pal. They they have dogs that are
0: typoallergenic, <laughs> right? Like yeah, but they're really expensive. Are they? Yeah, they're or like that thousands, thousands of dollars and stuff. Yeah. Hey, internet, tell us about the cheapest hypoallergenic dog, please. Yes.
2: Also, it doesn't necessarily have to be a dog. You can get like some sort of non traditional. You can get like a, I don't know, like a lizard or something,
0: right? Oh, maybe I could yeah. Yeah, feed your baby to a snake. Honestly, yeah. I do. I had a lot of lizards growing up. Like, yeah. I, would, I, th- I love get, lizards. Get like four more, man. I don't know. Okay. Don't know who's or gonna stop if you. I want a dog, maybe I could ha- ask my dad to pretend to be a little dog. <laughs>
2: Explains that explains so much.
0: <laughs> anyways, Amir Rez says if you had the ability to erase something from your fellow min maxers' memories to make their lives miserable, what would that thing be and how would they react? Yeah. Probably language. I don't, just language? language yeah. So they'd just be like, I have no mouth and I must scream type of yeah, stuff? Yeah. So they wouldn't
2: be able to communicate. They couldn't even
0: talk like Ayla and Chrono Trigger. It's just like,
2: probably not. Like, I mean, probably they just, not. But they could any, relearn any semblance it. of language function, I think, would just. And like try learning a language when you don't understand any, mm. you know, like it'd be impossible to communicate. I mean, okay. that's what babies do, though, surreal. Yeah. But eventually they grow out of it. It's a temporary state. That, that's not... because they learn it. Yeah, but it's grow harder it it. would be we're, harder to learn it. We're
1: just erasing like memories yeah. here, right? So they can make new memories. Right, but it you're would not be... causing permanent brain we're damage Right, but to like us. when you're a
2: baby, you your brain is way more elastic, or like you know what, it's easier to learn things when you're a baby than it is now. Like if you had to relearn the English Try language now. Try teaching a
1: baby quantum physics, cereal. Yeah,
2: cereal. Call us when you've done <laughs> right, that. Right, I'll erase the part of your brain that understands quantum physics okay. completely. I think I would erase
0: um, your knowledge of using a toilet. Uh, I had a better answer than
1: that, sir. Please. I would erase the memory that you have to take your pants off before you poop. (laughs) (laughs) And then the outcome of that would be you would poop your pants. You would sit down on the toilet, but yeah, then but just poop the your
0: pants. Who's the joke on? Because I'm gonna be sitting down here podcasting with you all the time, and I'm just gonna be covered in my own feces. I mean, it's still funny though. But then I can buy nose plugs. But wait, plugs. so
2: they, I feel like you would just poop your pants the one time, and then learn like, oh, I should take these off before you. But it's
0: super funny <laughs> when it happens. Uh, it's let's worth say, it. I'd wait until cereal is halfway done driving
2: home and then I'd erase all his memory of how to drive a car <laughs> yeah. on the highway
0: wouldn't that be a hoot
2: yeah yeah I think I'd have a lot of fun doing that like <laughs> oh gosh I crashed what is this big metal tube <laughs> uh, Zane Dukes
0: says yo CLCs uh, y'all continually praise the Minmax community f- uh, for being the nicest place on earth correct uh, on the internet specifically, why is it about our – what is it about our community that makes us not as awful as the rest of the internet? You tell us. Uh, why is the video game community in general so awful? <laughs> Big question. <laughs> yeah. I think it's largely the internet, but we're it's, so zoomed in on game stuff. That it is absolutely the internet. The internet. Yeah. You
1: go to any comments on YouTube, whatever the subject is, and it's something about – being anonymous and being able to interact with people mm-hmm. without any consequences,
0: I think, turns people into terrible human yeah. beings. I, I, mean, I would have been a really crappy 11-year-old on the internet for sure. Mm-hmm. Just starved for attention. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I think the gaming – like I think that it, when it comes particularly to gaming, I think it's because – Games constantly demand your loyalty in a way that other mediums don't. So, like, mean? if you think about the number of hours you have to invest to finish a game or, like, you know, even with life service games, the number of hours you have to invest to get good. I think there's this, like, inherent, like... I've uh, this is worth it because I've spent so much time with it, and so mm. I think the thing that irks people off about games is when they see people who are kind of like dismissing something that they like without having without having given it the quote unquote proper amount of time. So like if like if you if someone posts a video of like hey this is my first time playing you know like WoW or like Dota or something like that and people are like oh you don't know what you're doing like and like people like you know obviously make fun of them for not knowing what they're doing like
0: Jeff I'm trying to play Sonic Adventure too right exactly
2: yeah. like there are people who you know may have finished every level and gotten an A rank who are like. <laughs> (laughs) This person is a complete idiot, right? And, like, that—that—that that that is 100% what I'm talking about is that, like, people get frustrated when they see people who don't know as much as they do about something when Mm -hmm. they're kind of – and then for them to give, like, their opinions and for them to have a platform about that stuff, that's maybe when it gets really frustrating for people and that's when they kind of, like, you know, leave YouTube comments, you know? like Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you're right.
2: Not that, you know, like, it's particular. I'm sure, like, you know, regular YouTube people or, like, you know, people who follow YouTubers have some version of that but i think that that is maybe the specific the the strain of that kind of like vitriol that is specific to
1: games. Yeah. There're also a uh, a lot of them and especially older games were competitive as well. And i mm-hmm. think that anytime you have competition when you look at, you know, parents of kids who are playing sports just turn into monsters as well. I think that already starts to bring out some baser instincts when we interact with one another. And also Let's be real. Most of the games, a lot of games, are violent as well. They're about murdering each other. So competitive, murdering, anonymous stew mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah, probably, probably not good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are we doing, guys? Oh no, we founded our but Patreon. But the MinMax on the- community, the best Shangri La yes. in the Discord, it's the best. All right, here's a weird one to end things on. Ben Trick Bryant says, "Hello cohorts, I have a game for you." It could be much fun, but maybe it's poo. I've devised a series of four-line rhymes. Just mm. buzz in with your name and say the last thing.
2: Ready? Wait, that's okay. a rhyme. Wait,
0: well, I okay. think he did, but look, I'm saying this. It was a sample
2: one because I'm not sure entirely All right, the sample works.
0: one is the first one. Ready? Hey, here we go. These people make games that are all full of adventure. To finish, To finish each one, you must be sharp as a razor. Two-player prod makes it fun to see how they're made. The most candid boss really must be... What the hell is going <laughs> on right now? Say the name of the boss of that studio. That's Tim Schafer, everybody. What? Okay. What that, were what, the wh- what, clues in there? Uh, look, moving on. Okay, here we go. Again, I'm surprised. Didn't know Layden retired. My current console of choice... Feels to me like pure Zion. I do wish more of their games would come to PC, though. I'll just look to the horizon and plead with... G- gorilla Games? Yeah. Jim Ryan. Mm-hmm. Are they
1: like, <laughs> you're,
2: you're too smart for us, Fentrick. You're way too smart. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: Are
2: there more? Okay, yeah. I feel like this is just... Uh... I I think the audio portion of this is... Prolific as
0: ever, these people seem crazy. Buying up other studios like some crazy game dispenser. I don't get their strat, but they'll show me I'm wrong. Do I need an Xbox? Please tell me... Phil Spencer. There, <laughs> there we go. We, go. Yeah. we got it, Ben-Trick. Yep. <laughs> that's hard. Okay. Thanks to everybody that uh, wrote in, left something in the min box over there on Patreon.com/slash/minmax. Two ends again next week. Please let us know weird stuff that's happened in your <laughs> yes. life. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't want too many deja vu stories. I don't want any deja vu yeah. stories. Give us weird coincidences. That's the best. That's got to right? be freaky. Freaky. We got to get goosebumps co- from it. Give us goosebumps. And of course, the i eight bit. Question of the week goes to Charles Davis for that question about weird stuff that's happened to us. So, congratulations. Uh, I will reach out to you and get your address, and then iMateBit will ship out that Old Man's Journey vinyl soundtrack. Thank you so much, Charles. Uh, I think it's a little time for something called Get a Load of This.
2: All right. Uh, Well, I wasn't as prepared as I usually am, but uh, Get a Load of This. There's this Twitter (laughs) account that recently— Did you just mutter, not that hard? Uh, that recently got super popular called, uh, I, th- I want to say it's called, uh, science diagrams that look like S posts and you can sort of say what the S stands there for. I see. Uh, and so what it is, it's just, it'll post images from like science textbooks and things like that, that are meant to be funny, uh, and just kind of stand out for being really kind of weird. Um, so like they, one of their posts is like, they, they have a photo of an egg that just says like egg, one of the more popular forms of child to eat. Hmm. So it'll have that, and okay. then it, it's just a lot okay. of weird diagrams. Uh, like yeah. I'm, you know, the visual portion of this is kind of important. But yeah. there's like they'll have like here's one point like unit one one uh, introduction thermodynamics and statistical mechanics of of the perfect gas. So they'll have, they'll start that section by saying Lud- Ludwig Boltzmann, who spent much of his life studying statistical mechanics, died in 1906 by his own hand. Paul Ernfest, carrying on the work, died similarly in 1933. Now it is t- now it is our turn to study statistical mechanics. Mm. So it's textbook writers just having fun, right. right? So they'll just have like okay, a, yeah, yeah, hey. and it's a fun it's a fun account to follow. Uh, they put regular people feet on a wildebeest. In the, one of these textbooks, just to show you how big the feet their feet normally are. And so they just swap good. them out for human feet to show you how weird it is. That's good. But fun hey, that's account good. to follow. Hey, that's, that's good. That's good.
0: Jeff. Hey,
1: get a load of this. Uh, if you've got some free time and you want to have a laugh, go to YouTube mm-hmm. and look up Steve Harvey Family Feud. Just compilations. Yes, it, YouTube is a treasure trove of Steve Harvey Family Feud compilations, and then also like his talk show that he does for yeah. like white middle aged women. That's I, right. I don't know why that's so popular, but the Family Feud ones, especially, it, it was a stroke of genius to hire a because he's the stand-up best comedian. Yes, yeah. a stand up comedian of Steve Harvey's caliber to do that show because it is just a ton of. People giving bad answers, which you can't help when you're on Family Feud because it's timed and you have to give the first response that comes into your brain. But then you have to suffer Steve Harvey just making a total fool of you and just hamming it up for like five minutes afterwards. And the compilations are super hilarious of him doing What a doing great that. suggestion.
0: Who can be in a bad mood watching – Somebody blow it on Family Feud and be like, "You can't, banky, yes,
1: banky. yes." And when people say a um, a clue that's already up on the board, <laughs> like he just lays into them for minutes. I don't even know how they finish the show on time because he's making so much fun oh, of that's them. That's great. So that's great. Get a load of that.
0: Love it. Hey, get a load of this. Uh, Andy Bao on Twitter, wax pancake apparently, um, was live tweeting the end of HQ HQ, the trivia app, which mm. I really loved for a short time there from a couple years ago. Yep. Uh, the streaming trivia game, it shut down. And so Wax Pancake live tweeted it and says, the two hosts are doing a final HQ game and they're super drunk and swearing and talking about how the investors ran out of money and how they should have unionized. And the app is five seconds out of sync and glitching out. And every trivia question is about Taco Bell and it's great. 523 winners split a $5 prize. And then one of the hosts drunkenly sang Memories from Cats while the other one tried not to throw up. What a glorious train <laughs> wow. ending. And then Scott Rogowski, uh, who was the original host of HQ, uh, tweeted out saying, hey, HQ didn't die of natural causes. It was poisoned with a lethal cocktail of incompetence, arrogance, short-sightedness, and sociopathic delusion. Saddened to see it finally succumb. Sadder still for the good and talented staff abruptly left in the lurch after being gaslit and lied to. Wow. There is a saga in HQ. Somebody in the... And respond to this tweet being like, Well, I hope they make a Netflix documentary about it. That would be mm-hmm, the best way yeah. to consume the lifespan of HQ. Because remember, like one of the co-founders died. Like it is a wild mm-hmm. story of HQ's Weird. ride, and now it's officially mm. ended. Their watch mm. has ended. Mm. Um and speaking for Kyle Hilliard, I'll create a uh, get a load of this. Cause Kyle tweeted at friend of the show a uh, Brad Bird from Pixar, director of Incredibles. Um he tweeted to him this IMDB fact where it said that Brad Bird wrote a draft of Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. It's on IMDb. must be true. And so Kyle tweeted at Brad Bird and said, is there any truth to the Sonic the Hedgehog IMD movie trivia fact? And Brad Bird tweeted back at our boy Kyle Hilliard and said, get a haircut, (laughs) you mangy mutt. I will
2: never talk to you again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He said, no truth at all. 0% truth, 100% false. Mm -hmm. So they did that Brad Bird responded to Kyle Hilliard. That stuff still really tickles me pink, and I'm sure Kyle's still over the moon. I also like that you wrote Bard Bird. (laughs) <laughs> which is kind bard of bird. interesting wait a minute That's I mean, aren't, like that would be aren't all birds bards though That's really true. hang on we got it you guys twitter.com slash bard bird damn it Warren Bard, bard. <laughs> you took the Twitter again. we got it dang, dang it. it anyways thank you so much for everybody that wrote in I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Min Max show uh, next week we'll have a lot more to talk about and again a reminder VGM Con is going to be coming up March 7th this Saturday at 9pm we'll have trivia there if you're interested uh We'd love to see you there. It's not the next community meetup, which by the way, in the final stages of locking that down, but it's looking like it's going to be April and it's going to be timed with our next charity drive. And it's going to be a very exciting and interesting one for folks. Nice. I, I can't wait to dive into that whole thing, but hey. And MinFax call-in. MinFax call-in on Sunday. Yes. Let me know if you have any questions about that. But if you want to podcast with us and talk to us, um, hey, you can call in, become a $20 supporter, even if it's just for one month. We're totally cool with that. But hey, until next time then, be good, have fun, let's go. I'm going to run to the bathroom just a little bit.
2: Just a little – just pee a little bit and then back out?
0: Do you guys pee all your pee when you go to the bathroom? Because <laughs> Sometimes I just do a little bit because I want to yeah. kind of save it.
2: Yeah. You don't want to run out of pee.
0: <laughs> that would be catastrophic. <laughs>